Hi everybody, Rob from the Hooked On podcast, How To Be Great here. Look, we enjoy doing what we do, for the love of it, it's wrestling, enjoy it, remember? But if you do feel like dropping us a few quid to help us out, be our guest. We don't expect it, but we will appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for your support. Don't forget, it's wrestling, enjoy it. podcast had children they would be in the back now screaming are we there yet but we nearly are the road to wrestlemania is getting closer and closer to its destination this is the hooked on podcast welcome thank you for joining us i'm rob mcnichol and joining me as always is my friend and my colleague who i'm telling to put his seatbelt on stop scratching the headrests because we're nearly there paul benson how are you doing i am very well rob thank you very much hello everybody thanks for joining us again I've just realised something I did. I had someone, um, a friend of mine that listens to the podcast, said to me in the week that he said I go posh on one sentence. He says I say, "How are you doing?" very poshly. Is that true? <laughs> I can't say I've ever noticed no. it, but next time I'll pick you up, especially after the Americanisms. Did you notice I missed the exclamation point in our last podcast? Yeah, uh, well, that's, I, you know, well done for that. Kicked I'm, I'm, myself, kicked myself for not getting it in there. Well, it's um, it's it's noted. And I appreciate your effort. No, I believe it's a, your um, your inner self telling you to do the right thing and just not mess with my head anymore on these uh, <laughs> awful expressions. Uh, now, listen, we're too, in, in the terms of uh, geography, as you're bringing into it there, in terms of the Americanisms, it's a little bit two against one today. Not only is it um, you know me from the southwest and a couple from you know nearer the northeast, but it's also two against one on the uh, who we support in League Two front because I've got a couple of Grimsby fans with me today. But uh, one of them is regular Paul, and the other we're very happy to say is another member of the Hooked On team. It's Richard Young. Richard, how you doing? Uh, good evening, and um, the only two probably wrestling with you today. So um, good luck with this. <laughs> I will uh, I will do my best. Um, straight in, I need to say that uh, I said you're a member of the How team. You're uh, you're one of our hosts. You're uh, hosting the uh, Nottingham event this year. Before we get into um, that, are you excited for WrestleMania, sir? I'm always... How can you not be excited for WrestleMania? Even if the card isn't a great card, it is WrestleMania. Now, Paul, me and Paul will probably go through this at some point in this podcast tonight, but... We used to sit and watch WrestleMania live, what, 15 years ago, Paul, would you say? Uh, yeah, something on those lines, mate, yeah. 15 years ago, that's what we, we... Me and Paul met at college, and one, I think we it was kind of accidental that we both realised we were both wrestling fans, and I said to Paul, come round to my house and let's watch WrestleMania live, and, and it was kind of a new sensation for us all, wasn't it? We never kind of, oh, we're going to... I like adults, so we're going to stay up and watch WrestleMania live on the telly. And um, even as grown men, even as students who were probably not as cool as students should be, we started the phenomenon was the what was watching WrestleMania live, and it's kind of still carrying on 15, 20 years later. I am. Um, we'll we'll definitely get into um, into how you've uh, how you're on the how team and uh, how you're hosting and all that kind of thing because I like to introduce everybody, but I want to. Um, I want to quickly add in because I, I quite like the idea of um, the it's the feeling that you get when you meet someone uh, that you've known a short amount of time but not a long period of time when you find out they're a wrestling fan. 
as a wrestling fan, it almost feels like I don't know if it's about like being a like being an alcoholic or something like that, but it's like it's it sometimes you seek solace in like-minded individuals, and that's one of the beauties of the the hooked on wrestling uh, parties, by the way, is that you get to come out and uh, not necessarily have to hide the fact that you're a wrestling fan in public. You can just uh, let it all slide. But do you agree with me, Richard? That sometimes when you you have that moment where you meet someone and go, oh, he's a wrestling fan, it's kind of liberating. Yeah, absolutely. And especially when you get to adult age, I feel. I mean, okay, okay, when when you're growing up, I feel that everyone secretly is a wrestling fan, maybe up to the age of 13. I mean, certainly kind of when you're at school and everyone's kind of got Sky Sports and things, everyone's kind of seen WWE and they kind of they know what's going on. But they might not be the biggest fan in the world, but they'll have an idea. But when you get to kind of 16, 17 upwards, suddenly, yeah, absolutely them wrestling fans slowly start disappearing and when you do meet one it's so much a relief because you've got so much off your chest you want to get off it's like, oh i've got a new friend fantastic i think there's uh, there's there's a couple of sides to it one is that um sometimes there's someone that uh, can actually go the other way and say that they like wrestling and then when they say oh yeah, i'm a wrestling fan and he starts talking about oh have you heard the rumors that this 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 and did you see that you know dave Meltzer said this about this and they go yeah, I don't really know what you're talking about. I just used to watch it, you know, yeah. when it was uh, Steve Austin and that. <laughs> so you realise they say wrestling fan, but they mean haven't watched it in 10 years. Hasn't everyone who just uh, had that pattern? And the other lot is if you're in a group and if you meet somebody in a new... Because especially in the older days, not so much now, I'm not quite as involved as I uh, used to be on the journalism front anyway. Um, it's just uh, just this podcast and the, and the Hooked on events, really. But... Um, when I was doing it a lot more, I used to have to say it was part of my job because I'd say oh, I'm a freelance journalist, and they said, "What do you specialise in?" And I said, "Well, football and wrestling." And then you'd have these eyes look at you and go, "Wrestling, really?" And then you, this is a group of six or seven people. Then usually about ten or fifteen minutes later, one would sort of cut you off from the pack a little bit and go, "Yeah, so is um, Triple H still around?" And he'd go, "Yes." You see, you know, and you're pretending you don't, <laughs> and you do. And uh, and that was uh, happening ten years ago. And if it happens now, I still go, yep, still about, and uh, still uh, trying to get into the WrestleMania card somehow. And uh, but uh, I'll do. The- so there we go, Paul. It's me this week doing the little bit of a snidey bit about Triple H. Do you don't have to call him a bitch or whatever it was you called him the last two podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we can remain our friendly relationship with WWE. We'd really do love you all. Thank you for uh, for everything you have done for the wrestling industry. And I, actually, I genuinely mean that bit. It's not uh, not wacky. Um, Paul, this is the appropriate time, I think, for you to uh, introduce uh, Youngie to everyone because uh, there will some people will be thinking, oh, we've just got a mate of his from college and asked him to be a host. But that doesn't t- no, but that doesn't tell half the story. No, you know, obviously, I'm a bit protective of how we do these parties, and I could quite easily fill them full of mates like 2010 era TNA where Hulk Hogan just went and picked up the nasty boys and X-Pac and Brutus the Bar Beef Coke and whoever else rocked up uh, to hosting, hosting this year hosting this year in Nottingham is Orlando <laughs> Jordan <laughs> so that would be easy but no the reason I asked Rich is because uh, not only he's a mate and he's trusted but on the side Rich's job is Grimsby's premier superstar DJ um, and I've seen him in action at plenty of 80s and 90s parties keeping the crowd rocking doing a great job not just playing tunes but keeping the atmosphere going and when I needed a host to expand this to Nottingham um, there was no one else to choose really the guy is a legend he will get right into it all he'll bring the right atmosphere we want and he'll uh, he'll keep all you lot in check so yep Young is the man, and it couldn't be in better hands. Well, you, oh, um, bless you. Thank, 
Thank you very much for that. I would be your Jerry Sachs, though, I have to say. If you wanted me to grow a mullet and and basically rock back the 80s like the good old boys, I would have done that for you. It's not really not a problem. Here's I love a, it. Here's a great story, right? Let me get the right way around. Cause I've always had a, all my life I've had a problem getting the nasty boys the right way around. Jerry Sachs is the one with the dark hair, correct? Yes, correct. Yes, I, always have a correct. Um, I used to too. When I was uh, hosting the London Wrestling Convention a couple of years ago, um, there were all sorts of people that I was looking forward to meeting, but those were two that I was kind of, hmm, heard some stories, not sure what they were going to be like. Um, and let me tell you, after they'd had a drink, later on, on a couple of the evenings, hmm, bit, bit difficult to control. But earlier on, when they first arrived, I, I said all the way along with this convention, I was actually, the, the convention was Saturday, Sunday. I was looking forward to Friday night, because that was when everyone was going to be arriving, seeing each other that they hadn't seen in a little while, and my dreams came true when I was sat around a, a table having a beer with Gangrel, Tatonka, the Mountie, it was, uh, was kind of cool. But um, at one point, the Nasty Boys joined us, in fact, Jerry Sags joined us, and so the Nasty Boys, with their pit stop and all the graffiti on their shirts, we've heard their tearaways. Jerry Sags talked for about 15 minutes about growing vegetables. It was <laughs> absolutely <laughs> astonishing. He's dead into sort of doing allotments and all that kind of thing, and he was talking about it for ages. Super nice guy. Actually, both of them were quite nice. Sags was, I thought, the nicer of the two. When they'd had a drink, hmm, a bit more tricky. But uh, generally speaking, lovely fellas. Um, but this is not a, a character assassination or otherwise of the Nasty Boys. It's about the uh, the hooked-on parties. Um, Youngie came along to uh, to London uh, for, the, for the Royal Rumble. Um... Possibly to see um, my uh, my winning ways as a host. Possibly for Paul to say, see all those things he dies on his ass doing. Make sure you don't do them when you do WrestleMania for us. But whichever way round, um, you've um, you've been to these shows before, Rich. You know how it all goes. I, I imagine you're going to uh, be looking forward to just adding your little spin on things. I'm just looking forward to being with like-minded people and basically just bringing the fun out. I think Nottingham's a brand new a brand new event for us. The bar's not even open yet. We're going to a bar that's not even open, which is quite a scary prospect. So it's not like we can really even do a recce on the place. We're just going to got to go in blind, really, and 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 just see how we get on. But it's it, I'm just looking. For, I saw the atmosphere in London. I was there for it myself. And as somebody who's you know we're talking for nearly 30 years, been a wrestling fan. To be with that, just to be part of that alone, let alone hosting it, is is such a pleasure and such an honour. And I just I just can't wait to get stuck in, really. Excellent stuff. Now, listen, people may be tuning into this for um, uh, for the first time. All of your hordes of followers around the uh, around your area in uh, in Grimsby and all over Lincolnshire um, will be uh, tuning into. Is, is Grimsby in Lincolnshire? I get this wrong all the time, Paul. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Lincolnshire. Yeah. It is. I think I said Yorkshire last time, and you chastised me. But I think um, ancient county, possibly. But again, this is not a geography podcast. Um, those of you that are listening in for the first time, you're wondering what we're talking about in terms of the parties. Paul Benson, your time to shine. What's the uh, what's the gist of the Hooked on Wrestling party, and how many are we doing for WrestleMania this year? Well, the gist of the Hooked on Wrestling parties and the genesis of the whole thing was uh, people like us who long since watched wrestling pay-per-views at silly o'clock in the morning, sitting in our houses, in our bedrooms, or in our front rooms, whiling away the hours, waiting for the parties to start by drinking beers and eating KFC and other fast food joints are available, and uh, just basically being fairly antisocial. So when we all started to get into these parties, uh, uh, sorry, these little events, these little gatherings to watch them together many years back, it sort of 
ticks me over in my head and I thought I wonder whether people would be interested in coming out to a bar and watch this plenty of people go out to watch Premier League football every week why not come and watch wrestling a few times a year so we did it and they came and effectively what you're getting with Hooks are getting a bar hundreds of fellow wrestling fans every single person in there there for the same reason to watch wrestling to have some beers make new friends enjoy the quiz maybe take part or enjoy watching the fancy dress competition but basically just to be really positive about what they see on screen we all and the three of us I include the three of us in this spend far too much time bitching and moaning about the bad in wrestling so what these hooked on parties are about is celebrating art fandom making some noise building the atmosphere and like I think we've touched on in previous weeks you know you can go to these things and it may be a mediocre pay-per-view but it'll never be a mediocre night because it'll raise the even the poorest pay-per-view up to up to a good fun time um, so yeah that, that's what you can expect if you haven't been before check them out now we're doing eight parties um, on April the 2nd across the UK um, we're doing walkabout venues in London and Brighton um, and then we're also doing shooter sports bars venues in Nottingham with, with Youngie um, and then we're doing uh, Manchester, Leeds, Liverpool, Birmingham and Cardiff. Um, so tickets still available for all the parties from ringsideworld.co.uk. Um, the additional little bit of information to give you is the fact that we've now confirmed our WWE 2K17 tournament, which we're running in association with Game. Um, we'll, instead of holding it at just the five cities, we were going to do it previously at Manchester, Liverpool, Cardiff, Birmingham and Leeds. Um, have we been inundated with uh, requests to bring this party to London? So I leaned on the guys at Game a little bit. They ummed and ahed. They went and did a recce of the venue. And just today... They've agreed that we can go ahead, so we're going to bring WrestleMania WWE 2K17 tournament with game to London. So that's going to be a first time. We're going to get big bank of consoles, plenty of people entering. Let's see who's the best, win some fantastic prizes, game vouchers, how vouchers, um, posters, live event tickets, you name it. There's all sorts of for grabs. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to seeing how people get on with that. When Paul says inundated, he's not kidding. We will go on our social media and say, so guys, what match are you looking forward to at WrestleMania? And then the next three responses will be, how come there's no game stuff in London? So uh, we've uh, we've had to act on that one and we've got things sorted. Um, also credit to you there, uh, Paul Benson, for getting a, a subtle uh, KFC plug into that uh, extensive rundown of WrestleMania parties. <laughs> and I think we are probably the only wrestling-related uh, media thing this week getting subtle adverts in for KFC. Or oh, wait, maybe not. Um, <laughs> more on that later, very possibly. Um, let's get to WrestleMania. That was a great summary from uh, from Paul there about uh, why you should come along and join us. Um, when we talk about being positive, we always say here on Hooked On, it's wrestling, enjoy it. What we mean by that is not you have to say everything's wonderful. If there's a six-minute absolute clunker of a match, you can say, that was rubbish. But you can laugh about it and say it was rubbish with a smile on your face. And if you really want to do any sort of assassinations behind a keyboard on Monday, do it on Monday. But on Sunday night, have a laugh, enjoy it, have some fun. It is wrestling. You should enjoy it. That's what we're for. Right then, lads, WrestleMania. Um, we want to have a start to get into the card as we are recording this. We're recording this on, uh, on Thursday night, uh, 10 days or so before WrestleMania itself. Um, and we've got a couple more podcasts to go before we get there. But we want to start getting into the card and not do a, a rushed rundown of all the matches. So what we're doing tonight, between the three of us, we're going to talk about what we think are the four key SmackDown matches. 
next time we aim to do the uh, top four raw matches and then after that we will just conclude with anything else that's going on lower down the card or across brand um, so we're going to go into the um, Smackdown side of things for Wrestlemania this year um, let's start with the title um, it's the it's the should be the main title it should be the main uh, focus for that brand Randy Orton obviously won the Royal Rumble and he's supposed to get a quote main event match at Wrestlemania let's start with that boys um, starting with you Paul do you think um, there's any chance that Randy Orton versus Bray goes on last uh, no in a nutshell none whatsoever there's too many matches ahead of this I believe um, I think this is probably going to be slotted certainly behind Goldberg and Lesnar uh, Reigns and Taker um, yeah will also be ahead of that in my opinion I tend to think that um, order isn't necessarily as important as people make out that sometimes the semi-main quote-unquote does not necessarily have to go on second last sometimes especially no. in, a, in a four hour show you kind of want a main event in every hour there'll probably be you know a big match then a couple that are smaller then a big one a couple that are smaller so I wouldn't necessarily um, equate the second last match with being um, the second highest on the card but I definitely think the last one is the main event no matter what anyone says the last event of the night is the one you build to that is your main event um, and I do think it will be Brock and Goldberg and not not Orton versus Wyatt. Um, all that aside, um, Rich, is this, a, is this a match you're looking forward to? I think there's a two-part question there. Are you looking forward to the match, and what have you thought of the build-up? Um, um, not really. I have to say, I can't say it's the, a, a title match that kind of really inspires me going into WrestleMania. I'm glad that Bray's got a run with the belt. I think um, he's been a fantastic character for two or three years now. He deserves his chance to have a run at it. Um, and I thought when Orton won the Royal Rumble and Wyatt won uh, Elimination Chamber, I thought, yeah, that that is the logical story. It's been going on for they've been building it since what August of last year, which is very very rare for WWE nowadays to kind of um, build storylines up for that long. But the last months of storylines have just been odd, haven't they? I mean, the firstly, Orton burning down Wyatt's house. That's an act of arson. That guy should have gone to prison. That's a pretty heel move for me. Um, and then this week on SmackDown, there's a, a, a section where it looks like Wyatt's got some kind of ping-pong bat and he's performing some kind of exorcism on Orton. And I, and I just don't know. It, it's been a little bit hokey. Um, just kind of going back to your original point as well about kind of where main event matches slot in, I actually think sometimes going out last year callous because by about your four or five hours of them sh of that show crowds are usually dying and and, and probably the last maybe 10 Wrestlemania's I can't remember a crowd being really really lively for the main event except for maybe when Seth Rollins cashed in the money in the bank yeah I think that's um it's a reasonable point I think sometimes it's up to the match um uh, to do it, I think as, as as knackered as you might be after a long night, I think if a match is good enough, people will um, get themselves back up for it. And everyone remembers the Seth Rollins running in that match, but I, I think it was a very very strong match up to that point by Brock and and, and Roman Reigns. Just people kind of don't want to admit that they were enjoying a Roman's Reigns Roman Reigns match. They uh, they fall oh, back on no, the, no, Seth, no. Seth, the Seth Rollins thing. Um, in terms of uh, let's talk in terms of victory. I don't want to make this a you know, we go through the card and make our predictions because that's what every podcast does. But um, this is a big title match, so I think it's only right that we speculate on where they go from here. So, um, is this has this all been a way of getting the belt back on Randy Orton? 
does Randy Orton need to win the title? Do they, are they really all in with Bray, or is it just simply is he the means to an end to get some name value and recognition back on the top? Um, let's go to you, uh, Youngie. What do you think of uh, what do you think of the possible location of the belt after WrestleMania? I think if it doesn't go on main event, I feel that Wyatt will win. Um, Orton's had X amount of title run, doesn't he? He's an established star. He doesn't need another one. Wyatt is someone you move forward with. I think Wyatt is someone you build around. And I think if that isn't the close of the show, if you're not aiming to close with a kind of big title change, I'm feeling that I think that Bray will walk out of WrestleMania with a belt. So that's one vote for Bray Wyatt. Paul, are you in the? Uh, are you in agreement? Uh, I'm not actually. I think. So, uh, rest of this this has been about getting the belt back on Randy Orton um, I think they've not really paid much attention to what Bray's doing there's I'm, I wouldn't this I wouldn't call this one a mortgage job but I think it's a fairly standard uh, Randy Orton wins the Royal Rumble Randy Orton beats the heel um, takes the belt at Mania not sure there's too much of a clamour for that to happen if I'm honest uh, I think Orton was much Moreover, as a face when he had that sort of I don't give a damn character when he was initially feuding with Wyatt last year and I think uh, echo what Youngie said I think what they've done since they broke up has just been a bit confusing um, like burning down the house and all the silly shenanigans I'm, I really genuinely don't know who to root for so it kind of lends itself to a bit of apathy so I'm going Orton to win that and uh, that one could be one that I go and have a quick little visit to the bar <laughs> if there's ever so no send send Richie Pemberton to get us a drink like uh, like we were talking about uh, in the in the last podcast only joking Rich thanks for coming on the show mate really enjoyed it um uh, I I don't I kind of don't want to make a casting vote here because uh, I, I like I say I don't want this to be a kind of who or how picking to win the match I I definitely agree with um a lot of the sentiments that, that both of you have, have put over in terms of the actual program even if you are coming up with the uh, for different outcomes. Do you know what kind of ruined it for me was was learning a couple of bits about the ins and outs backstage of how these shows are put together that sometimes matches down the card and let me say I do think this is down the card even though it's a title match. Um, sometimes the winners of these things are put together based on what's happening elsewhere and if they decide to put Reigns over Taker and if they decide to put um, Goldberg over Brock for example I'm just throwing a couple out there where the crowd won't be too happy it might be that they go oh let's give Randy Orton the win then because we've had too many heels winning or too many people that the crowd aren't going to accept winning um, so you know sometimes it does go that way it's a shame but they know that they can get out if they want to go back to um, Orton uh, sorry Wyatt as champion then they can easily give him the, map, the, the title back on Smackdown and it doesn't derail anything so um, I, I worry sometimes about uh, getting too invested in certain things because they maybe haven't made their mind up yet. I don't get the feeling this is one that they've had sketched out a long way because, well, frankly, if they've had it sketched out a long way, I would have expected it to have been better. Um, I'm someone that will... I, I sort of often think that I'm not really towing the party line in terms of wrestling fans about you know, the, the wonderful, legendary career of The Undertaker. Um, I think The Undertaker has been... was pretty good between WrestleMania 17 and 26, um, but for the most part either side of that has been a bit ordinary and I'm not necessarily having to go at him for that I think he's been he's done what he's done what has been asked of him for a long time he's been an outstanding character he's never put a foot wrong with his characters 
for what he's been asked of. But I always, I could never get on board with the dead man hocus pocus nonsense and uh, all of the him and Kane firing lightning bolts and getting burned alive and coming back from the dead. I just, I never bought it, never liked it, and it was always the bit where I go, oh bloody hell, it's an Undertaker match because I just, I hated all that stuff quite frankly. I loved it when he just got down and wrestled and there might be a couple of those matches we're talking about in our WrestleMania Impossible WrestleMania mixtape uh, challenge shortly, but. To me, they've almost gone, well, we, we can't do that with Taker anymore. Bray Wyatt's our hocus-pocus guy. And, you know, the lights going off and people appearing with masks and, as you said, the mystic table tennis racket or whatever the hell it was. It just feels a bit... It loses me. I always think if you want to try and present... I don't mind you presenting wrestling as something a bit different in that world because clearly in a real fight we wouldn't run ropes and do leapfrogs and all that kind of stuff. We'd just hit each other. But... I still think it kind of should be presented as something credible in its world. And I just start thinking, you know, if we're comparing boxing and UFC to wrestling, then would there really be a UFC weigh-in where the lights went out and then they came back on and there was a whole bunch of people stood behind Conor McGregor? And you know, I just I just don't... I think everyone would go, this is stupid. I don't think they go, oh, did you see what UFC did? At the, they'd just go, this is really stupid. And that's kind of how I feel with this. I feel that... I don't mind... In fact, I've loved the Bray Wyatt character from a very early point. I think the there was a little bit of a criticism for them going to the compound recently, and it was saying, oh, it was a rip-off of the Hardy Boy stuff. It really wasn't, because they went to the compound almost straight away when the Wyatts got brought onto TV three or four years ago, long before Broken Matt Hardy was even a, you know, a, a, a glimpse of an idea in his warped mind. I think that you know the Wyatt thing is, if anything, not being consistent enough and not had him be enough of a twisted cult leader but I, I don't know where they've gone with it I think they've lost track with it I actually think you know I don't wish injury on anyone I wish that they would have you know more sense to give people breaks but I'd have Orton win this and have Wyatt just go away for six months and it's not his fault because I think he's excellent I love his character I like him as a talker he's all in but I just think the character is one of those ones that you can't stick every week because you need to have a bit more mystique to it. I'd lose him and then build, bring him back maybe in the build to SummerSlam or something, but I think his character needs a break. So that's why I'd go Orton, but I'm kind of 50-50 on it. Paul, yeah, any, uh, does that resonate, anything I've said there? Yeah, it does, actually. I think you're absolutely right about the the break the guy, the guy could really do with being refreshed. He was. Do you remember how much people thought he he was just fantastic when he when he started back in what, 2014, 15, um, 14, and he's just been he's just been mishandled, and you can reset that quite easy because he's a hell of a talent, but it does need a bit a bit of time off time away from the screen. I think absence makes the heart grow fonder, all that nonsense. Um, so yeah, I think I think you're probably on the money there, mate. I think what's sometimes a bit worrying with with someone like uh, Wyatt, and, it, and it's not again, it's not him. You know, I've long thought he was a talent. I remember uh, here's a big clang moment. I interviewed Stone Cold Steve Austin about six or seven years ago. Only time I've ever interviewed Austin, and I did one of those rubbish questions that crap interviewers ask, which is you know, who do you like? You know, that's around at the moment, and who do you think's got a big future? So it's a, a bit of a rubbish trite question, but I asked it anyway because I was kind of in awe of the great man. And Steve Austin said, "I like this kid, Husky Harris." You know, I think that might have been when they were doing the uh, the Nexus, the, the second Nexus thing. It yep. may even have been before that. It may even have been when he was in NXT. But Austin said, "I like this Husky Harris kid. He's got something." And it took a long time for uh, 
the Wyatt character to come through and then have his NXT run and come up to the main roster. But I think Austin was right. I think he has something. He has a presence, certainly. But what worries me is that they've done some big stuff with Wyatt. They did all the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff with the Wild Family. They did Cena Wyatt high profile. They did Undertaker Wyatt high profile. I don't really feel that he got the quote-unquote rub that he was supposed to. That's why you put, you know, guys lower down the card that are up and coming against big stars. We're talking Roman Reigns and Undertaker here. You know, if I think Roman's a lot higher up the card than, than Wyatt's ever been, really. But you're trying to get the established guys to get the younger guys or the newer guys over. And I don't feel it's ever really worked with Bray Wyatt. And I, I think it's a... It's, it suggests that they don't really have the longevity in their thinking of his character is what I'm going to say about that but uh, well, I hope to be proved wrong let me just ask a hypothetical question um, you asked you remember last year after Wrestlemania directly after Wrestlemania I think it was maybe the next night when um, the Wyatt family came out and confronted the uh, League of Nations and it looked for all intents and purposes like there was a Wyatt family face turn on its way and then there was an injury and I think it was to Bray himself pretty certain it was actually and they just disappeared for a little while and they came back and it was business as usual where would we be if that face turn had have, uh, come to fruition yeah good point because I've always thought that there was something in that that they could that, you know you may lose the edge of the character so it may not work because to me you couldn't keep him at, you know I understand how fans will cheer the nefarious heel, even though they're not supposed to. Roman Reigns, uh, sorry, not Roman Reigns. How? Oh, yeah, Roman Reigns can do good things and get booed, and Kevin Owens can do nasty things and get cheered. I get that there's that strand in the fan base, but WWE have still got a, a responsibility to try and tell the right kind of stories. And I think if they try and try and start telling stories of this weird psycho cult leader is a hero, I, I don't like that. But you can, I think, have him save people. You know, have him keep the idea of the character, keep the, the, the tone of it, but have him trying to save Kevin Owens from, from what he's doing wrong or, or anything like that and still keep it cool. I think it can be done. It'd be hard, but it can be done. So I do like Wyatt as a um, as a babyface character trying to trying to help people. He would have to be a part of turning some people babyface, I think, for that to feel like it was a real thing. Think back to Kane trying to get Cena to embrace the hate. I think that would have worked even better if Kane had turned a couple of people his way. So I think maybe Wyatt would need to do that first. But I think one of the, the problems with Wyatt and the inconsistency of the, of the whole thing has been there's been too many... There's a Wyatt family. Now they're split up. Now Harper's turned. Now um, uh, Eric Rowan has turned. Oh, now they're on different brands. Now they're back together. Now Strowman's in. Now he's out. Now um, Rowan's gone again. Okay, he was injured. But it's never been a consistent group all the way along. It's always felt splintered and you sort of go, well, they turned on each other and now they're back together. And what's Harper doing now? Is Harper... Whose side is he on? And it's too flimsy I think they've, they've I would do a, a hard reset and I would just have them all go away and then come back with something and try and stick to it Other, otherwise I fear for Wyatt just fading away yeah and I think you would talk there about kind of all the changes the changes have kind of felt a bit just blasé with the Wyatt family haven't they really like all the, the face turns the heel turns the back together again they've not been done with great meaning or the great bill they just kind of seem to happen week by week and, and and I think some and I think that's been the white family have suffered because of that. I think that the you know like take um, is Harper for example. Harper had that brilliant match a couple of pay per views ago with Orton, and finally you look you know you think to yourself they've got something there. He's a, clearly a really really good worker. Um, 
he had something with the crowd. He, he kind of he, he equaled that battle royal with AJ Styles, and he had a decent rematch the week before. Then the week after that, nowhere to be seen on television. And that kind of sums the Wyatt family up. It, it, it's just been inconsistent. It has, um, and uh, we don't want to be that, so we want to talk about the fact that we are positive about things. It's resting, enjoy it, remember all that. And then I soon, soon, no sooner have we said that, we started moaning for 10 minutes. So let's pull it back around. Um, I actually think it's going to be a really good match. Um, that's a genuine thing, not a let's find something positive. I genuinely think it'll be really good because I have a real belief in Randy Orton. I don't think Randy Orton ever has amazing matches, but I think he pretty much always has good ones. And he's had some really good ones at Mania that people sort of forget about. That he's had, you know, good little matches with, um, with Punk and with Seth Rollins, and they might not necessarily have been, you know, the thing about WrestleMania that year. But um, I think he's usually had some decent matches here and there, and that goes to other pay-per-views as well. So I'm, I'm fairly happy that it'll be a good match, if not a, the most important one on the night. Uh, fair shout, Youngie, do you think? Yeah, definitely. He's. You don't you, you don't be on top as long as Orton has been without having decent matches. You can't just kind of breeze past for that period of time. He's had a what a 13, 14 year run, upper mid card level at least. It's got to be. You know, he, that, yeah. He, yeah, absolutely. It's a good. It's a hell of a run alongside Cena. Him and Cena have pretty much been to get together all the way through. Um, and you don't you, you don't go that long without having something about you. He's clearly got something about you. He's still a superstar. If you go to live shows, he still gets superstar reactions, um, and, and he is more than capable of putting on a good match. And I think if they go for that wild brawl style that I think both of them are capable of, it'll be diff- something different to everything else on the card, and it'll be a solid match. Absolutely fair dues. Um, let's um, let's move on. Let's go move on to the, uh, the next match that we want to talk about, which is uh, AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon um, rumoured for a long time played out on TV uh, now finally uh, confirmed uh, last week or so uh, and some movement towards the, the match itself it was the main focus really of Smackdown this week um, Paul Benson say the thing that everyone's saying about this match that we agree with but we don't want to go on about I think you're referring to the fact that um, what a waste of AJ Styles this no, is no no not that one well, good, because I don't agree with it. Go on, you tell me. <laughs> the thing that everyone's saying, and they're right, but I don't want us to say the same thing. Um, this is a clear indication that WWE thinks something of AJ Styles because he's working with a McMahon. Oh, of course, if, of course. If, he was, if anyone works with a McMahon, Vince, Shane, whoever, they think something of them. That's one thing. The second point is the fact that you, you know, it probably is a bit of a waste. He could be working with someone else. That's fine. Let's kind of... I know that's essentially what we need to talk about, but let's kind of draw a line under those sorts of things because, you know, while true, you know, I think it's what people are saying, but you're saying that it's a... You're saying that you don't agree with it's, it's a waste of his talent. So let's explore Let's explore that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think what we're going to see in this match is a very, very strong, fun, fairly heat-fueled match. I'll, I will say please Shane do not throw any punches um, please just don't do it for the sake of credibility but um, you know it's not all about for me yes we could have seen AJ Styles against Shinsuke Nakamura or you know numerous other guys on the roster and got a five star classic or, or what have you but that's not always what it's all about and 
you know, Styles has got a lot of qualities, and one of those is bringing greatness out of guys that aren't necessarily on that level. And Shane in the past has proved that it, with the right opponent and with the right motivation, he's capable of doing something fun. And I know, you know, it's 10 years down the line now or, or more since he really put in some of those really barnstorming performances. But what Styles will bring to the table is he will provide the movement, he will provide the, the panache, and McMahon, Shane can work around that. You know, the match with Undertaker last year was slow and plodding and boring and just in place to have that one big gigantic spot, which was fantastic. This isn't going to be that. This is going to be a match that the fans in the stadium can get behind. Because remember, people love Shane McMahon. Whatever the fans think of his ability, the crowds in those stadiums adore him um, still. And um, obviously the same is to be said about Styles. They're just dying for him to get it to... to be uh, an official face that they can cheer I think we're going to see a lot of fun and in my opinion it's the match I'm probably most looking forward to in the night actually the crowd could be a fun thing this year um, you know it's usually a, obviously a fair size but it's totally mixed with your you know passionate fan that will travel from all over the world to Wrestlemania will surely make their voices heard uh, on the Monday Night Raw following maybe even the Tuesday Night Smackdown this year um, so there is that side of the crowd and you know what I'm talking about you may even number yourself as one of those listening um, there is also the you know kid friendly family friendly I love wrestling in a kind of watch roar here and there take the kid to a live event you know we're in the area let's go to Wrestlemania sort of way that are going to get behind the fan favourites and, and the WWE pushed um, people and by that I mean John Cena Roman Reigns Shane McMahon they are all wrestling people that the other crowd are going to like. So AJ in particular, everyone kind of likes Undertaker, uh, apart from when I was you know, giving him some stick earlier on, but I didn't mean it fully. Um, and then you've got The Miz, who I think a certain, people, a certain group of people have really come to respect this year because of um, you know, the hard work he's put in and people you know, have appreciated that and, and plainly they, just, they want to cheer against Cena. So I think those three matches in particular really jump out at me as being matches where some people are going to deliberately go for the heel not the Undertaker's a heel but they're deliberately going to either go they're going to go against the baby face then you chuck in a Jericho Owens where both guys are kind of loved and I'm probably forgotten another one or two along the way if there is some sort of Triple H versus Rollins thing there's a bit of that where people are still going to like Triple H so I think there's a lot of matches this year where you're not going to necessarily get one side or another and against the, the belief of some of the I don't want to say old timers but the more traditional you know wrestling minds I actually think it's okay. Oh, Brock and Goldberg is another one, of course. That's going to be exactly the same. You've probably got all these matches where you're going to get split crowds. But one of the cliche things to say these days, but also I agree with, is as long as people care, as long as you're getting a reaction. And I think that's true. And I think all of those matches are going to get big reactions one way or another. This is the one I'm less certain about, Shane and AJ, because AJ is newer. Um, and although he's got his big fan base... You know how many of them are going to be at WrestleMania, and the other thing is that Shane is not really a wrestler. And we've kind of have we had the big Shane moment with Taker last year. I still think the pair of them, AJ in particular, have got enough talent to pull something out. I don't expect this to be a, you know, a 25-minute wrestling match. I do expect it to be, you know, sort of brawl-based and with some some sort of big moment in it. Here's the thing: Shane has just jumped off a jump off a rope and gone through a table on SmackDown. You know, two weeks out from WrestleMania. Does that mean he's not doing the big spot at WrestleMania? Does it mean he's doing something bigger? 
Is that something to worry about? Answer all of those nine questions, Paul Benson. <laughs> yeah, obviously it's WrestleMania. It's Shane McMahon. There's going to be a big spot. I'd be very impressed if you can still do the Van Terminator. Um, might need a bit of assistance with that, but yeah, I, I, I think we're going to get you know a, a roughly a 15-minute match where we're going to see both guys. And I, I love this term, and I never use it. Die for our sins. Um, and I th- and I think it will has the potential to quietly steal the show. I think people, a lot of people who are scoffing about it now and thinking it's a waste of AJ, might be talking about it slightly differently on Monday morning, especially especially if it's a catalyst for the AJ face turn and or move to Raw that people are thinking is going to happen. I actually think it's going to be the opposite of the face turn. I actually think that. Um... I think he'll win and it will solidify his position that little bit more um, you know that little bit you know he's now got bragging rights over the fact that he beat a McMahon um, you know he can be a right of a, he can be a right dick about it basically and, and have the sort of Edge and Christian after they won the TLC match and Chris Jericho after he won the the unified titles and he's got something to brag about he can keep on talking about Owen Hart with his slammies they've got something that they can keep on going on about I'm the guy that beat Shane you know and they can either use that later as a kind of um, if he does go baby face there's something in that on, on Triple H and, and the McMahon family but I think in the short term I think it will be getting in Daniel Bryan's face talking about how he beat Shane um, <laughs> there is this that little back of your mind thing that I, I want to shake and I can't that what if at some point they did clear Daniel Bryan? What if he saw that doctor again and and they relented and they said he could wrestle and and you're sitting there with AJ Styles versus <laughs> Daniel Bryan? <laughs> then you're going to make a lot of people, including the three of us, extremely, extremely happy. Well, it's just it's not going to happen, is it? Because I spent all of a build-up to WrestleMania two, maybe three years ago, talking about Shawn Michaels versus Daniel Bryan because I was convinced it was happening and I was I let myself get too far into it and of course it wasn't and you know I actually spoke to Sean about that and Sean said it was it was never on the table it was never really a thing he mentioned that it was it was kind of whispered around but it was certainly never built towards it wasn't like it was you know it was going to happen and it wasn't I think it was I think there was an option in there if he wanted to do it he's even said this week he said on Sam Roberts podcast this week that he was offered a chance to wrestle AJ Styles it wasn't even a you know, a tentative thought. They said to Sean, do you want to come back and wrestle AJ? And that's something that's got us all going, whoa. Maybe that's why it took so long for AJ to match to get confirmed because they were sort of holding out a little bit to try and do, you know, AJ versus Sean. But Sean says no, and he's not going to be coming. But if he's not going to come back for AJ, he's not going to come back for anyone. So I think we can finally stop uh, stop getting any hopes up for that. But uh, it's one to ponder, isn't it? Um, why did you have to even tease the idea of that I've got that in my head now that Sean and AJ will one day happen and that's you're just cruel Rob that is just cruel no I think you can definitely put that one away you can definitely put it away and say that that's not going to because if Sean turns that down at Wrestlemania when AJ's hot then he's not going to he's not going to do it at one point in the future interesting other quotes I did read from Sean from a different interview which was uh, he referred to the fact that if he came back for anyone if he saw it being someone like Samoa Joe because he would uh, just take a beat mm. he would take a beating and that's what he's good at but uh I, I uh, you know, again, I have spoken to Sean about the old WrestleMania comeback thing, and it is 99.84 that he's never going to come back. He really is. Uh, he is serious about it. He's not in the shape anymore. He does. He's not interested. He's got his money. He's got his life. It, it's not going to happen. You will see, can continue to see him pop up on on Raw like he did the other week, and you know, various 
you know, incidents like that because he loves the company. He likes being back every now and again. Plus, it's not it's easy money, isn't it, to pop in the ring and have a few grand for uh, for chatting away. But and you might you might see him one day get beaten up by Samoa Joe or something like that. But you're never going to see him have a match again. It's just not happening. Um, back on track. Um, AJ versus Shane. Let's um, put a little bow on it. Um, is there any chance that Shane wins, Richard? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I, I will. You know, um, Paul said about his mortgage earlier. I will put Paul's mortgage on AJ Wynn. <laughs> Not my own, um, but I'll certainly put Paul's mortgage on it. Um, but I, I do, yeah, I'm pretty confident in saying that, um, thinking that AJ will win. And, and as Paul said, it's going to be a fun match. And the key word is fun. You know, sometimes you just need that kind of blow away fun match. I think we'll, we'll probably end up talking about. Mayweather Big Show, I think, when we talk about WrestleMania 24 coming up later, well, and that was the same. On, and that was the sun, that was the same there. And I think this is going to be similar. It's just that fun 15, 20 minutes of big spots and and just you know great crowd heat. I think if if people just relax, they will love it. And there's probably you know if anyone's going to love this match, it's probably going to be AJ's wife and AJ's bank manager because he will be getting the biggest <laughs> of his life for this one. I am not a religious man, but amen to that. That's a, a very, very good, uh, good point. And I will just tell you, as a spoiler for later on in the show, I shall not be talking about um, Floyd Mayweather versus the Big Show. Although my learned colleague may do, I have no idea what he's chosen. We don't actually talk about. It was contrary to popular belief. We don't actually talk about our choices for the uh, the WrestleMania Impossible task later on. But uh, um, there's a couple that you might think we're obviously going to go for, and I think we probably obviously will. But we'll uh, we'll get to that in due course. We have a couple more matches. On the SmackDown front for WrestleMania 33 to get through first. And let's go next to um, the women's title match, which is at the moment down announced as Alexa Bliss, the champion, versus Carmella, versus Natalia, versus Mickey James, versus Becky Lynch, versus others, TBA. And they have left this open by saying any available female. They've indicated it would be on the SmackDown side, so it suggests that. Know, should Bailey be unsuccessful on the Raw side that she wouldn't pop up later on and win the SmackDown title? Although I wouldn't rule it out if they can explain some sort of trade during the night. But I think more than likely it means that one or two from NXT might make an appearance, either being a, a one-night-only thing or an indication that they've moved up to the main roster. Or I think more likely we'll see one or two or more uh, returning Divas. And so whether that's a... Uh, and in the background, you know, in comes Dawn Marie just to get smashed in the face um, moment, or whether it's Beth Phoenix who's going into the Hall of Fame this week, or whether it's someone that's brand new that we don't even know about, haven't talked about. You know, imagine if it was uh, another big name from the past, maybe Trish Stratus, maybe Lita, who's involved with the company on some levels. All these names are getting thrown around. Um, should we be thinking in these terms, Paul? Should we be thinking... You know, there's going to be some big names coming back, or should we just think they actually will probably have Peyton Royce in it, and that's it? No, I think there's a very good chance we're going to see some of the some of the older guys or girls in there, should I say? Uh, maybe not get our hopes up too much for Trish Stratus. I think she turned down NXT in Toronto, didn't she? Um, so she's gonna she's not going to do that. It's unlikely she'll do she'll do much else, but. Who knows? And, and she just had a baby, so that rules that out. Uh, Lita, though, is an interesting one. She had a match on an independent card a few weeks ago, last weekend maybe. So Get there might be, yeah, might be something there. Um, there's a few yeah, that I've heard banded around as well. Kelly Kelly's the one that seems to um, get mentioned the most. This match is fine, isn't it? You know, it's... Um, 
you know, the SmackDown Women's Division has been, in my opinion, better than Raw's since the brand split. Some really nicely well-defined characters, some good progression. Um, I think a spanner was thrown in the works with Naomi's injury, unfortunately. Otherwise, I think it'd be fairly locked in that she'd be walking out as the champion here. And she still might um, if she recovers from her injury in time. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of, I, I'm certainly not going to um, crap all over this match just because it's not a one-on-one straight-up match between Alexa Bliss and Mickey James, for instance. But, um, yeah, I'd like to make, I'd like to see that once it is done and we've had our fun and whoever walks out champion, then the, the division resets itself into being strong and consistent and doesn't, doesn't devolve into multi-person matches on a regular basis. Yeah, I, do, I think this strikes, strikes me as a bit, a bit of a let's try and get everyone on the WrestleMania card thing. And I don't think we should be too down on, on Vince McMahon and, and the rest of the creative team for being kind of philanthropic, really, trying to make sure that they all get their place. That's kind of a nice thing to do, even if it does affect the card sometimes. Um, we were talking about him being too ruthless, but actually this is it's being kind of nice. Um, Alexa, I think, has been amazing. Um, Natty's always good. Mickey's been really good since she came back. Becky Lynch is very good. You're not ever going to sell me on Carmella, I'm afraid. Um, just I just don't buy her at all. And goodness me, is there is there a you know a rerun of Santina Morella with James Ellsworth in a wig? Surely no one's ever going to buy James Ellsworth in a wig, are they? Um, but um, there could be some some others coming back. I do feel it'll be the kind of um, I talk about that's a reference, obviously, to WrestleMania 25. Maybe Paul is going to pick the. Uh, the Divas Battle Royal from WrestleMania 25, which is uh, it was best served for interrupting Kid Rock um, on that particular um, WrestleMania. But in that one, there were a few returning Divas in the Battle Royal who were completely missed off, really. You didn't even notice that a couple of them were there. I think they'll do a better job of reminding you who they are this time, but I do feel it'll be... You know, Kelly Kelly is a good example. But Kelly Kelly, Eva Mendez, you know, that kind of return, you know, they come out just to do a couple of moves and get beaten quite quickly. I assume it's a... Have they even explained what the what the rules are? Is it just an open first pin wins? Or is it... I don't know really. I'm not sure if I've nothing. seen that. Nothing. No, no, nothing. So we don't even know how they're going to work it. So there is an easy way, I think, of uh, of having a bunch of people in and just getting a quick one fall somewhere. And, and that leads me to think that Alexa retains. I don't see any reason why you would take it off her. If you were crowning a new babyface champion, I certainly don't think you'd do it in a in an open invitation match like this so I don't I don't expect to see a big Becky uh, Becky Lynch win or anything like that um, so I'm sticking with uh, Alexa to retain is, is, is my call um, any thoughts on this particular match Youngy? I'm going for the opposite of you I think the the big baby face comeback will be Naomi hometown I think they, I think they've given her enough time off I've got a feeling a sneaky suspicion that she will come out as the surprise entrance hometown big pop get the win it's uh, certainly it's not beyond. I would suggest that if uh, if it happens, uh, if she's in the match, she wins. I, don't, I mean, I think if if it's a big return and, and for her to lose or to just be part of the match, that seems ludicrous to me. Um, they're not beyond ludicrous decisions, but I think at WrestleMania, I think if Naomi comes back, I think she wins. I think it would be a cool story, actually, if it happens. So um, uh, we'll go with that as what we're hoping for. Um, I would certainly uh, not be gambling heavy stakes on it, but uh, neither would I for anything in wrestling these days because A I don't look at the betting odds anymore because it ruins things and B even when it, even when I did look I basically never got it right um, let's move on to the, the final of, uh, of the, quint- uh, the quartet of matches that we're talking about today um, and it is and I've been practicing saying this but I shall probably still get it wrong the match that I am referring to as Cena and Cena's Mrs versus Miz and Mrs. Mrs. 
<laughs> which is John Cena and uh, Nikki Bella versus The Miz and Maurice. Uh, Bravo. I'm not saying it again. Well done, um, mate. <laughs> so while I bask in the glory of actually saying something that I've been practicing for an hour, um, Rich, you can talk me through what you think of this match. I'm really looking forward to it. I think the the build up's been fun. Miz has been on fire this year, hasn't he? And I, and I I've, I've got to say, I was never a big Miz fan, but he has been absolutely on fire this year. I, I watch Talking Smack every week. So I don't watch Raw and SmackDown regularly, but I always make a point of watching Talking Smack because I think it's a great chance for them to get characters across. And Miz, every time he's on that show, whether he's interacting with Daniel Bryan or whether or not it's his kind of uh, his parody of the life of Cena and um, Nikki Bella has just been superb and and, and, I, and the same with Cena to be honest with you as well I've, I've really really become a fan again of John Cena these two together they're just char- charisma oozing off the screen yes it is and people are going to kind of maybe moan about it being a mixed tag match but you know what it gives a great little kind of realism to the story and I, I'm really looking forward to this one. I have to say, I think it'll be entertaining. It will be good fun, and the build-up has been top class for me. Paul, here is a topic to discuss. You said that uh, it's not a waste of AJ Styles. Is this match a waste of John Cena? Um, good question. And allow me to sit on the face and sit on the face. Hello. Sits <laughs> <laughs> on the. Whoa! Hang on, let me just make a phone call. Yeah, is is that Doctor Freud? I just like to uh, put you in touch with Paul Benson. I know you've been dead about hundred years, but can you uh, make oh a bit of a comeback God. to talk to my buddy yeah. Paul? That's staying in, by the way. Yeah, don't I think that's getting cut out, son. That's the highlight of the podcast so far, and I don't mean this podcast. I mean fourteen episodes. So I was about to say I, I hope you edit that, but I knew you wouldn't. Uh, so uh, yes. that, that needs to be your ringtone when Paul rings you now. Just <laughs> just that saying it over and over. So let me try that again. Allow me to sit on the fence. Um, in on, in one way, it, you could say uh, and definitely make a, an argument that it's a waste of Cena. In that I really hoped and thought we were going to see Cena Undertaker. Um, this time round um, apparently it was on the cards last year until Cena got injured so you'd have thought it would have made sense to have done it this year but no unfortunately not and you know that is a Wrestlemania match that would have gone down in history really important really good fun and that no, no, wasn't to be um, having said that uh, I suspect that this is a match that Cena himself wanted to do I think it's probably part of a slightly larger WrestleMania moment, slightly larger narrative. And I think it's probably important to the company in a sense that there's a big crossover audience from all the extracurricular stuff they do. So, you know, all the total Bellas, the total Divas, the YouTube channel that the the Bellas have got, all John Cena's um, TV and movie work. There's an audience there that doesn't necessarily watch core WWE programming, but they've built this soap opera storyline um, around that to attract that audience to WrestleMania, and it's so smart. It's you know, in terms of business, it's a great business decision because you're going to get people tuning into that match that would not give a monkey's about tuning in for John Cena Undertaker, and they'll tune in in decent numbers. It might only be for one WrestleMania, 
uh, and they might go again but you never know you might keep some of them um, and from that point of view I think it's going to be a huge success I echo what Youngie said about the build I think it's been fantastic I love the way that both guys have really let reality seep into it in, a, in an organic way it's not been all this it's a shoot brother type of stuff it's been really fun like on Talking Smack this week it's little things like John Cena referring to the Miz as Mike consistently throughout his um, throughout his program not just to be all insider but to belittle him because he was trying to strip away the the, the persona that is the Miz and show that beyond, beyond the Miz behind the Miz he is just Mike and he's a scared coward and I thought that was so well done um, I thought the parodies of um Total Bellas were great fun too. Um, didn't even realise it was Maurice playing Nikki Bella and Brie Bella until after I watched it a couple of times. Uh, really good fun. I thought both uh, male members of this um, storyline have played their parts fantastically well. Both of them have been on fire this year. Um, and look, they get to do something fun with their partners at WrestleMania in what will get... It's going to have big crowd heat. And if again, if you believe the scuttlebutt, um, it's going to lead, and logically by the storyline, it should lead to that big John Cena proposal um, live in the ring at WrestleMania. Um, yes, yes, it's been way too long since a WrestleMania, since a wrestling wedding. I think they have listened to this podcast and heard Jay O'Leary and Cat Miller talk about their <laughs> forthcoming nuptials, and they have decided it's high time for us to do another wrestling I, wedding. That is a I great idea. I think it's going to happen. I think, but you know, it's going to be again. Uh, reality bleeding into it you're going to get the proposal in the ring and then off we go to total bellas with e or whatever it's called paying for the wedding and it becoming absolute celeb fodder oh, but like the footage of them tremendous. doing that proposal at wrestlemania again nice moment if you're into those characters it should be you know it'll be quite fun um and we're going to get a very good match out of it through you know with through two pairs of you know two good acts if you take them both as a whole so big thumbs up for me if what whilst i'm acknowledging it it's not something that the traditional wrestling mind is going to particularly care for i i, I love so much about your answer I, I don't know how i can contain all of this so i shan't first of all at one point i chuckled like a 13 year old because not only did you say sit on the face earlier on you did say the word you did say male members during that bit that was funny um uh, I, I really like the wedding idea that's absolutely tremendous if that is in the, the uh, scuttlebutt's a good word never i've never heard that before but i, I knew what you meant by it um if that is uh, the scuttlebutt that's around I, by that i assume you mean rumors um yes, yes i haven't i haven't heard that but cool it sounds like a good idea um another point to make which is the most important one is you are so right about this serving a certain portion of the audience. Here's the thing, everyone. If you don't like Cena and Nikki uh, versus Miz and Maurice, as Paul said earlier on, that's the time you go to the bar, that's the time you make yourself a cup of tea, that's the time you get some more nachos in, go for a wee, whatever it is you need to do. Don't watch it then, because and I am about to say this with the most utmost respect, because I love the pair of them that are about to, I'm about to mention, but the, if you're watching this thinking this is reality TV show nonsense, that's your that's fine if you want to do that that's okay however remember that the people that are really into this match that watch Total Divas and Total Bellas and are watching Wrestlemania because of it they are going to watch Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens and go why is the middle aged man with the strange chest fighting a fat bloke that's what they're going to think they're not going to understand that they're two of the best wrestlers on earth that they've had a great storyline they're going to look at them and think they don't look like credible champions because they don't by the way um, in, just in terms of cosmetics they don't whatever anyone might say um, we know better 
do we? We know something different. We enjoy it for what it is. I think you can have totally different strands and you can enjoy these things. WWE have many masters to serve. They are obviously making an excellent living or an excellent strand of their income out of the total Bellas, total Divas thing. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. They wouldn't be pushing it so hard. All four of the people involved in this have got another life outside of just a wrestler. Cena's got all sorts of appearances. Nikki is perfect for those kind of reality TV things. Not my thing, but I respect it. Miz can do a bit of both, can act a little bit as well. Maurice, I think, is probably just in for this storyline. I think she, I think we won't see Maurice very much after this, possibly, but you never know. I hope we do because she's very good and she's a good accompaniment to Miz. So I'm, all, I'm not particularly interested in this match. You two guys are really excited about it. I'm really not. It's a little bit of a, it's a, it will just happen for me. This will be the point, as you said, Paul. I'm going to circulate the bar at this point, do a bit of glad handing, and have a chat to some people. Maybe even go and get some fresh air. I'm not a particularly fussed about it whatsoever, but that doesn't mean it's not a very, very important match on the card in the position it's meant to be. So, um, both Paul and I with some in, uh, impassioned stuff there. Um, Rich, do you want to just kind of put a bow on this and give any uh, any final thoughts on on what we've said? Well, nothing really to add instead of like I said before it, again it will be just fun it's been a superb lead you've got the two arguably the two most charismatic wrestlers in the company right now I do agree with Paul as well I'm feeling the proposal idea as well even though I would love the idea more of Nikki running from the stand Miss Elizabeth style to beat up Maurice and then Cena realise who saved him and obviously get down on one knee as John Cena King but obviously that's not going to happen. Um, but a wrestling proposal, a wrestling wedding, match made in heaven too. SummerSlam. Mm, mm, I love that. Mm, mm. <laughs> oh man, alive! What the? Uh, what my brain's got going around now? I just have this image of Cena. Uh, listen, lads, you've both been to football matches lots and lots of times. Have you ever seen anyone propose at a football match? I have. My cousin. Yeah, my cousin did. Oh really? Yeah. Oh well, yeah, we'll, come, we'll, we'll come to that in just a second. But yeah. I have seen it about five times. And every time what happens is, is a bloke gets down on one knee, gets the microphone, which is normally rubbish at football league grounds, and says, you know, I've loved you for many years, blah, 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 will you marry me? And about three to 12,000, depending on what the crowd is in the lower leagues, shout, say no, mate! Don't do it, mate! No, it's not a romantic moment. Everyone just goes, say no! Don't waste your life, man! Um, so I look forward to a WrestleMania crowd going, no, don't say, don't say yes. Um, so anyway, uh, I've got to explore this though. Your cousin, your cousin got engaged, or, or you didn't say that they said yes. So how did it go? Well, she did. It, she did. She did say yes, but they never ended up getting married. Um, oh, which wow, I'm, I'm sorry about that. If uh, what's your cousin's name? Uh, Kenny. Um, uh, yeah, Kenny. Kenny. If, you, he's, if you're he's, listening, he's, mate. he's happy now. If you're listening, I, I'm sorry for bringing that those wounds up. I didn't want to be uh, want to be horrible about that. So, uh, is, yeah, Kenny, is Kenny a wrestling he, fan? No, he won't be listening oh, okay. to this. But, um, Sod him then. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. It was on Val- it was on Valentine's Day. We were playing West Ham in an FA Cup replay, and um, he he got he took her to the centre of the pitch and, in, and and proposed, and she did say yes. I don't really remember what the crowd reaction was at the time. I was a bit younger, but. Um, yeah, let's just say it, it didn't even get to the point where they did get married, so it might have been the beginning of the end, to be honest with you. Wow. Rob, wasn't your uh, uncle playing in that game? Oh, crikey, he may have been. How long ago was it? It was 1995. Yeah, 95. Fair chance. Yeah, fair chance of, you know, for, for 
the benefit of young Ian Inlis as my uncle, uh, Tim Breaker, played for West Ham. So, uh, very chance. I don't remember the game, but it's a uh, very chance it happened. What, 95? I'm trying I'm to think if they'd have been in a in an FA Cup quarter-final that year, if they'd have won, if it'd have been about no, that time. No, so. ah, you see, you assume they won, they got beaten 3-0, my friend. Oh, I'd remember that then. Oh, you wouldn't have been playing. They must have put the resis out for that one. Moving. This is not, unfortunately, the uh, Let's Remember Some of Grimsby Town's uh, highlights podcast because well we've gone at least we've gone an hour already and uh, it's we, not. We, we wouldn't we wouldn't have uh, we wouldn't have filled more than ten minutes I don't imagine so um, oh, let's uh, move along this uh, WrestleMania track in fact let's put a little um, prediction out there for this match um, is again does it matter who wins is it more than likely just the right story which is that Cena and, and Nikki win or is there a, a twist in the tale I'll take this then yeah I think. Um... I think the Miz and Maurice are there to take the fall. They're the bad guys in this happy ending story. Uh, it won't hurt Miz one little bit. He'll come out on on SmackDown two nights later and pick up exactly where he left off. Um, the guy, the beauty of having such an arrogant heel character is he can just brush off anything he wants like that. It's fine. Um, yeah, it makes no sense. I don't think for Miz to win. It's got to be Cena and uh, Nikki. Agreed. Full house, Rich? No. Um, oh, no. No, I don't. I think Cena's going, isn't he, apparently, after WrestleMania. I'm just thinking, if Miz wins, they've got something for when Cena comes back. See, because Miz is the type of character that can talk about that for months and months and months. I've beaten John Cena twice at WrestleMania. I just think I think that's perfect on your mission. You have Miz and Maurice win, and then you've got months and months of storyline leading to Cena when he comes back. What if... Mm. What if Cena's next opponent, whoever that might be, I have a sneaky thing for Braun Strowman here. What if Braun Strowman comes to ringside, attacks John Cena, puts him out of the match, Maurice then rolls up a distracted Nikki Bella and wins, and then The Miz brags about beating John Cena, despite the fact that A, Braun Strowman beat him up, and B, it was his wife that got the pin and not him. I'd like that more as a, as a heel thing and then Cena goes away for a little while and then when he comes back you can do Cena versus Strowman because they've not really done that have they? Not too uh, much no, I don't, don't think so No, no. I mean, There's uh, some, some lovely booking on the fly which is such a, a lovely feature um, of this podcast um, We're going to go into some other matches deeper uh, in the podcast to come but um, to, to give you a chance to have a, uh, a little bit of a, of a shout on something else Richard um, what's, uh, what's some, another match just pick the one that uh, you're most looking forward to seeing or, or perhaps you've got a, an angle on it that, uh, that no one else has thought of uh, anything else that jumps out, out of the uh, matches we haven't mentioned if they give it time I think Neville versus Aries actually I'm quite looking forward to because yeah. I've been loving Neville ever since he's, he's kind of turned turned to the dark side so to speak and become um, this cruiserweight king I think he's done an absolutely amazing job and, and who could who would have thought he, he'd come across as a charismatic talking heel I don't think any of us really expected that so and Austin Aries got that huge kind of reaction when he finally kind of put the punches on him um, so as if they give him time and they give him a chance I'm really looking forward to that actually agreed we talked in the uh, recent podcast about whether or not that's a, uh, a pre-show match it kind of feels it could be built up for that which is uh, a little bit of a shame but um, still watch it without any uh, preconceptions and just enjoy the match I'm sure it'll be a uh, an absolute belter. Right, we can move forward. Are you ready, Rich Young, to be a very, very important figure and be a judge? Yes, I am. And, and I've, I've been kind of listening to your previous 
and I come, I come here perfectly um, impartial and the Grimsby connections will get left behind even though I am sat sipping from a Grimsby Town mug at the moment but that does not uh, mean that I will not call it right down the middle no, you better not. I have now just realised the error of my ways of taking the piss out of Grimsby Town throughout this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I was. I was. Listen. I was up against it last week uh, or last podcast with um, Richie Pemberton when I went against a Hulk Hogan match and I lost that one. But uh, he did pull it back for me with some uh, some other choices. If you're wondering what the hell we're going on about, here's the situation. It is something we call WrestleMania Impossible, but. It's looking possible. Paul is defying the odds, and I'll tell you for why. He said to me a short time ago he had never seen WrestleManias 1 and 2. I could not believe this. I sent him out. He must watch it immediately. He has to know the history of WrestleMania from the start. Big wrestling fan, though he's been for many, many years. He should still watch those two, those two WrestleManias. They're not entertaining necessarily by modern standards, but it's part of being an all-round scholar. So he did that, and I also said to him, why don't you try and watch 1 to 32 all the way through before we get to WrestleMania 33. I didn't think he could do it. It's looking like he may do. Paul, what are you up to? Bear in mind we are recording this 10 days from WrestleMania. You have plenty of time. How many have you watched? Mate, I am in the home stretch. I am up to 29. 20? Oh, well, you're practically there. Only about three, only three to go. As yeah. My, as, my good, as my good pal Brendan Burns would say, home stretch, baby. Home stretch, indeed. But it's it's come at a price. It's come at a price. I am officially uh, WrestleMania out. <laughs> not, 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 not yet. That's that's still still. Uh, I was going to say you were officially single. <laughs> <laughs> no, even worse, guys. It's a WrestleMania burnout has really no. kicked in. No, no, no. Um, it's it's gonna it's gonna result in me taking a wee break from the network after the uh, after the WrestleMania is finished because I have watched so much wrestling. No, here's the thing: you can never watch too much wrestling. Here's the thing: what you do is you make sure that you've watched up to 32 with several days in between, and then go and watch. Oh, I don't know, WCW Uncensored, ECW December to Dismember, <laughs> uh, and a couple of other similar things, and that should come down. That should come down, matches, and then you can come right back up again for uh, there you for go. The palate cleanses. That's exactly it. It is the amuse bouche of the wrestling words world. There you go. <laughs> uh, that is the first time anyone has ever said amuse bouche on a wrestling podcast, I assume. Um, so the challenge to Paul of getting 32 WrestleManias in um, then became a different thing, which we now call the WrestleMania mixtape. Because I suggested, what if someone else? to watch WrestleManias 1 to 32 before WrestleMania 33 came around, but surely they wouldn't have the time because what kind of nutter would that one, the one that's on the other end of the line and is my friend. But um, if you didn't and you were just putting together a mixtape to try and educate someone, they've never watched wrestling before, you need to explain what WrestleMania is about to them. This is the way to do it. One match per show to give them a flavour for each WrestleMania. It doesn't need to be the best match. It doesn't need to necessarily be the one with the biggest stars. It doesn't even have to be anything that is necessarily your kind of thing. What it needs to be is something that sums up wrestling at that point and gets you in the right place at WrestleMania 33 to understand the history. It is at this point which we go through the previous matches we have selected. And here is how we do it. Paul, on the odd numbers, has the first choice. He puts forward a match that he would choose. I counter it with something else. And our guest, and we've had some excellent guests and excellent judges so far, they then get to choose what goes on the mixtape. Here is what we've selected so far. And our first guest was uh, 
the former uh, Mirror journalist, a fine writer and a good pal of mine, he employed me once, and he didn't pick any of my uh, any of my suggestions. That tells you how good I was when I was writing for him. Um, Rob Lee uh, selected Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff from WrestleMania One. The British Bulldogs versus Dream Team from WrestleMania 2, Hogan Andre from WrestleMania 3. Um, the aforementioned Cat Miller and Jay O'Leary, who are going off to WrestleMania and getting married next week. We wish them luck as we keep on doing so, but we mean it uh, from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, they selected from WrestleMania 4, Randy Savage versus Ted DiBiase. From 5, Ultimate Warrior versus Rick Rude. From 6, Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan. From 7, Alt- Undertaker versus Jimmy Snooker. Doug Williams, uh, one of Britain's finest wrestlers, was up next. And he helped us select Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper from WrestleMania 8, the Steiner Brothers versus the Head Shrinkers from WrestleMania 9, and Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon from number 10. Shawn Michaels was also in the first match chosen by wrestling manager and general agitator Dean Ayas, also on the Hooked On team. Uh, Dean selected HBK versus Diesel from WrestleMania 11, Ultimate Warrior versus Triple H from 12, Bret versus Stone Cold from 13, and Stone Cold versus Sean from 14. Next up was Dave Mastiff, another uh, hooked-on host um, and an excellent podcast guest. Dave helped us choose Stone Cold versus The Rock from 15, Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho versus Kurt Angle from 16, Rock versus Stone Cold again from 17, Rock versus Hogan, obviously from 18. And speaking of Hogan, the UK's biggest Hulkamaniac, Richie Pemberton. Helped us select Hulk Hogan versus Vince McMahon from WrestleMania 19. Chris Benoit versus Triple H versus Shawn Michaels from 20. Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle from 21. And Mickey James versus Trish Stratus from 22. If you are still with us after that exhaustive list, we are now on to WrestleMania 23. We are going to do WrestleMania's 23, 24, and 25, which means Paul has a slight advantage in this little section that he gets to pick first twice. I think a couple of these are fairly cut and dried, but we will see. We've had some surprising results, um, as you may well have listened from listening to that list. Why is so-and-so not there, you'll say. But there are always reasons, and you are very welcome to go back to listen to all of the old podcasts to find out how we got to our decisions. How will we get to these? It's WrestleMania 23. It is Paul Benson to choose first. Okay, well, going back to WrestleMania 23... um, I look at this card and there's a couple of very good matches and some with some decent historical significance. Some big superstars, take, you know, making big landmarks on their way, um, sort of early stages of their careers. Um, they'll go on to do bigger and better things, but I think there's some importance. But there's only really one match um, that we can put on the mixtape for this one. And if you just told the com- told people the combatants in that match without anything else, they think you were insane. Um, of course, I'm talking about Bobby Lashley against Umaga. Um, leave it at that. And it's a powerhouse, big man, mid-card match that would probably be very good, but completely forgettable by the time WrestleMania 24 comes around. But then add in a few more wrinkles. You add in the fact that it's Stone Cold Steve Austin refereeing. You add in that it's the Battle of the Billionaires, and those billionaires are WWE Chairman Vince McMahon and President of the United States of America, Donald Trump. Um, Both guys putting their hair on the line in this Battle of the Billionaires, with obviously uh, Lashley representing the the, the face, (laughs) Donald Trump. It just seems ludicrous <laughs> and utterly ludicrous. And uh, Umaga, or Umaga representing Vince McMahon. We all know with the benefit of history that it was Bobby Lashley that emerged victorious for President Trump on that occasion. Um, he made 
uh, WrestleMania great again, and Vince McMahon ended up having his head shaved. But thankfully, we got to see the sight of the second worst Stone Cold Steve stunner of all time, as Trump got felled by Austin at the end of the uh, end of the festivities. Of course, the only person to take one worse than Trump is his fellow White House appointee, Linda McMahon. Um, so I wonder whether they chatted about that when uh, she was inaugurated to her office. So yeah, long story short. Um, you know this the historical significance of this match goes beyond wrestling really um you show this to any member of the public now who's never watched wrestlemania and they'll uh, definitely definitely retain an interest it's um lashley versus umaga trump versus mcmahon hair versus her battle of the billionaires that's my pick who would have thought that one of the people in that match would go on to be one of the most hated men in the world but in fairness to bobby lashley he is quite a nice chap even if he was a terrible tna champion um <laughs> Uh, of course, in this uh, in this uh, position, uh, Bobby Lashley and Donald Trump were the baby fences. I mean, baby faces. I always get those two <laughs> things confused. Uh, it's time for my selection, uh, and uh, I, actually, I thought this was. I thought all three of these were going to be quite easy decisions, and uh, you picked the wrong one because although that is a uh, uh, historically interesting uh, note. Um, because obviously of where where Trump has ended up uh, in his in his political life, um, I don't think it says a great deal about WrestleMania. I don't think it's a great match. Um, I understand what's going on with uh, Vince and Donald and Stone Cold, and there's a lot going on. It's kind of in some ways a typical you know distraction WrestleMania match with other things going on. The hair versus hair thing was genius, by the way. That's the that's the highlight of all of that is the fact that you kind of couldn't imagine either of them losing their hair, and when you came down to it, you realised it was going to have to be Vince that did it, but it led to so much fun about him losing his hair and wearing that silly hat and all right it kind of coincided with some of the ECW champion nonsense but um, generally speaking that was a fun reaction to see uh, Vince with no hair but the thing is the match wasn't all that good um, these things have to be about the wrestlers Lashley never had any sort of you know connection with an audience Umaga obviously sadly um, we lost Umaga you know not all that long afterwards and you know, his career faded before that as well. So I just don't feel that the actual wrestlers have any historical significance in this. So um, I'm going to choose what was the main event on the night. Um, it was John Cena versus Shawn Michaels. Um, I know I said in the, the build to this that we don't have to pick the best match of the night, but this to me was the best match of the night by miles. Um, Undertaker Batista was decent. And, um, you know, Batista for the, you know another WrestleMania showed that he could step up on the, on the big day. We've talked about that before in... Uh, in this WrestleMania mixtape, uh, how Batista was not necessarily one of my favourites in terms of a, a talent, but I think he stepped up for Mania. Um, but I'm picking Cena versus Sean. The reason is, is because although there are people still to this day, I mean, we are talking about a WrestleMania that is 10 years old. Um, there are still people to this day that don't accept that John Cena can wrestle. Um, he's not a natural athlete. His STF doesn't look very good, blah, 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 blah. Um, and frankly, they don't get it. And John Cena is an excellent wrestler um, and has been for a very long time. I think this is the first time he really won people over. WrestleMania 20, he won the US title and the, the character of the, the, the white rapper was over. The 21 was when he won his first world title, you know, and that made some sense. 22 was when he wrestled Triple H. Triple H had a lot of fans still then and, you know, it was a good match, but not a great one necessarily. This, to me, was the first time that John Cena at the top level had a really, really great match. Some people said, OK, Sean carried him. That's fine if you're going to think that way. But it does take two to tango. This was an excellent wrestling match. They actually had a better one um, a few weeks later on Raw uh, on Paul Benson's birthday. 
um, on St George's Day in Earl's Court, which went nearly an hour, um, which was absolutely tremendous. Um, but this was very, very good, um, and I think it stands up now. I think it's a good indicator of. Um, I don't think we have we don't have John Cena in a match so far, do we? Um, on this on this uh, on this list, um, we've had Not other. That ma- I recall. We've had other matches earlier on in this list where we've had Triple H's first match, which is a squash where he gets beaten against Ultimate Warrior. We've had Undertaker's first match. Uh, where he beats Jimmy Snooker reasonably handily. We've had a lot of other WrestleMania stalwarts represented early in their career, so we understand what they're about. I think we need to do that with John Cena, and I think we do it with this match against Sean, which is really, really, really good. Over to you, Rich. You've sold it, really. You know what? Because I was convinced. I, I, I was leaning. In fact, before both of you even started talking... I had Lashley Umaga, and then now you just kind of, that was a really good sell, Rob, but pat yourself on the back for that, congratulations. Thank you, but follow your um, heart, you don't have to go, it's, it's not the best It's not the best picture, you know, I mean, I, I do my bit, obviously, for the pitch, but, you know, you still need to follow your heart, I'm not selling mine short, by the way, choose me, you should do, but, you know, just make, <laughs> make sure you're making the right decision, I don't want you to say something you will regret in the morning. <laughs> We've been there many times, um, but that's not, that's a completely different podcast. Firstly, I, I kind of when I when I look back on this WrestleMania, it's such a, a random card, isn't it? I think. Um, do you remember the ECW tag match that was on it, for example? Cool. Yeah, so, yes, absolutely. The yeah. ECW Originals versus the New Breed. Yeah, well, how random! It was. It only went about five minutes, something. It was just odd, really, really odd card. Um, but I am going to go with my original choice. I think um, Lashley Umaga because I, I obviously say because I had it in my head anyway before you you guys even started pitching. But I think just you, we talk about kind of explaining WrestleMania to people that maybe have never seen it before. And yes, you've got to have the wrestling stars and you've got to have good matches. But to have the moment where the president of the United States of America got dropped by Stone Cold Steve Austin. It, it's just it'll go down in history and it'll be something that the WWE play on video packages years after years and years and years to come and as good as Cena and Michaels was it it won't that won't it won't feature in them highlight packages it won't feature in them historical moments and I think you've got to have them historical moments there it wasn't about the match it was about the people surrounding it so my choice is Paul's choice which is Lashley versus Umaga. Okay. Correct. I will accept. I will accept it. I will accept it um, reluctantly, um, knowing uh, the position that uh, that Donald Trump holds. And of course, it will maybe it will add some extra credence to this WrestleMania mixtape after people watch it in a couple of years' time and go, "Oh, look, there's the late Donald Trump when he was at WrestleMania." <laughs> um, we ought to uh, talk a little bit more about the actual mania itself. That's part of the uh, the remit of this little contest. Um, you mentioned the ECW tag match. Of course, that was a bit of a, a throwaway thing. It was, uh, if you don't remember it, it was R- RVD versus uh, RVD, Tommy Dreamer, Sabu, and the Sandman against Elijah Burke, Marcus Corvon, Matt Stryker, and Kevin Thorne. That's a. But if you think that's a where are they now? Although you can remember a few of them. Elijah Burke, if you're wondering, is uh, is the Pope, who you uh, or the which is a one of the most ludicrous names of a, nicknames of a wrestler ever. Um, he's off there on. Uh, uh, on TNA these days commentating but if uh, if you want a, a where are they now segment here are the lumberjacks for the Ric Flair and Carlito versus Gregory Helms and Chavo Guerrero match 
This is ten years ago, remember. There are a lot of lumberjacks. Strap yourselves in. Here we go. Viscera, Shad Gaspar, GT, JTG, Chris Masters, Shelton Benjamin, Charlie Haas, Robbie McAllister, Rory McAllister, the Highlanders, Super Crazy, Val Venus, Johnny Nitro, Jim Duggan, Eugene, Lance Cade, Trevor Murdoch, Kenny Dykstra, Davari, Shannon Moore, Sylvain Grenier, Juice Domino, Paul London, Brian Kendrick, The Miz, Vito, Scotty Tuhotti, William Regal, Dave Taylor, Jimmy Wang Yang, Jamie Noble, Funaki, Balls Mahoney, Stevie Richards, Little Guido, Hardcore Holly, and Snitsky. Um, by, my re- by my reckoning, about five of them are still employed by the company, um, and they are... Um, William Regal, Brian Kendrick, The Miz, Jamie Noble, and Funaki, from what I can work out, are the ones that are still employed in various different ways. What a bizarre list! Isn't that an incredible list of people? Yeah. Again, in the spirit of get as many people in WrestleMania as possible, this was a match that was on the pre-show. Uh, it's down here as a, as a dark match on my list. I assume it was on the pre-show. Um, and then, you know, even later on, there was a match um, which was a Lumberjill match between Melina and Ashley which was the annual um, get the bird that was in Playboy in a Wrestlemania match match um, and the Lumberjills were Mickey James, Layla, Gillian Hall Candice Michelle, Kelly Kelly, Trinity Tori Wilson, Brooke, Crystal Marshall, Michelle McCool, Maria and Victoria um, so there's a lot of people that appeared on this Wrestlemania uh, that didn't get on it but uh, I just think it's fascinating, ten years you know, sounds like a long time but there's a lot of people in, in matches um, on other WrestleManias that seem to last a long time, on this one, even on the actual card itself, you're only really talking flicking through. Randy Orton's still there, Finley's there backstage, King Booker's doing his pre-show stuff, uh, Kane's still there, uh, Taker obviously from time to time. Uh, who else have we got? Uh, and Shawn Michaels and doing his bit, and then John Cena. That's pretty much it. There's a hell of a lot of people yeah. not around anymore from ten years ago. I think that's quite surprising. What do you say, Paul? Um, to me, this is maybe the, the the most forgettable WrestleMania of the last 10 years, despite the historical um, battle of the billionaires and despite the two good to great main events. It's just absolutely, completely out of my mind. Before I started watching these things again, I really had little memory of this card. And even watching it again, it, 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 it was there's nothing, nothing on there that made you think, wow, what a great WrestleMania. And until... WrestleMania 28, I believe. This was the highest-grossing WrestleMania of all time, uh, which just you know speaks volumes for how well they built the 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 more important matches on the card. But it's just it's just dreadful and dull. Um, and one of those examples of a WrestleMania where there are stinkers. They're not all classics. Um, and I just think like looking at that list of lumberjacks you put up there, I've, just, I've got the same list up in front of me. And have you ever seen a list? Of wrestlers that appeared in the same match that spans so many generations. You know, you've got Jim Duggan in there, you've got Dave Taylor in there, you've got Vito, who's sort of you know, later end WCW, all the way up to guys like Brian Kendrick, who's still wrestling now. Yeah, it's Miz bizarre. Champ, yeah. The Miz is champ. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's 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 so odd. But hey, looks like I probably I won't have to go and watch that one again. Well, no, you've already watched it, so it's um, it's in it's in the bank in the, the WrestleMania Impossible Challenge, and I'm sure uh, until until you end up doing some sort of forfeit down the line, I don't think you're going to need to be watching this one again. Um, let's go on to WrestleMania 24. Um, it'll be my choice. It'll be my choice first in just a second. But just to 
set up WrestleMania 24. Um, it was um, it was a, a WrestleMania which was uh, outdoors. Um, it had a, a very strange set, as I recall, at the uh, at the Citrus Bowl um, with a, a big tarpaulin, not tarpaulin, but a big sort of cage over the top of the ring. It had a sort of tower block thing as the the entrance way. It was a bit of a uh, strange looking thing, but it was outdoors there in uh, in Orlando, which is where WrestleMania is, uh, of course, this year. Um, in the Citrus Bowl, 74,000 people. This is when WrestleMania had really got going in terms of being um, in big venues. We talked on the last podcast about it still being in sort of smaller arenas. Um, by this point, we were in Stadia, and we've not re- we've not really looked back. Um, it's me to pick first in terms of the match. Um, I think there's only really one I can go for. Um, I know I just went for a Shawn Michaels match last time, <laughs> and we may be going down that road again shortly, but... Um, Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair uh, in Ric Flair's last ever WWE match. Of course, unfortunately, I think in many ways he did come back and uh, do some wrestling matches in TNA, if you can call it that. Um, I'm not saying Ric wasn't a, a valuable asset for TNA. I think he was at his time, and I think he was pretty good in it. But um, going down the matches road, I'm not sure was the uh, the right thing to do. Um, but Shawn versus Ric Flair in what is re- officially referred to as a career-threatening match of course, as we all recall, Sean wins um, another super kick after, you know, I think Flair had kicked out of one, but super kick right at the very end. I'm sorry, I love you, said Sean, and hit the super kick. Um, it's a peach of a match. Um, Rick, obviously, was up there in age by then. Um, I think, if I recall, he got a bit injured during the match as well, so they had to tone a few things down. Um, but it's a real expression of... Um, two people that not only love the business but had a lot of love for one another. Sean grew up a Ric Flair fan, rem- remains one. Um, Rick obviously had a lot of time for Sean. He wouldn't have had his last match with just about just anyone. Um, you know, he, he had the had it with the right person. Um, and although this is not Ric Flair at his physical best, um, it is him at his emotional best. And I think this goes in not just for this match. But for the weekend, um, I remember interviewing Ric Flair not all that long after this and saying, you know, was there at any point over that three days where you didn't go 20 minutes without crying? Um, and it was just everything from the Hall of Fame to the match to the Monday Night Raw with the um, the tribute stuff, which was just beautifully done. And when, um, when WWE do it right, they do it tremendously right. And I thought that whole weekend, even the music, I still remember the Leave the Memories Alone being the kind of theme to the whole Flair stuff. I thought it was magnificent, and I think you have to have emotional moments shining through. And um, we have the fun stuff of the Battle of the Billionaires; that's cool. But you need to have sometimes a deeper sort of emotion. This is Ric Flair bowing out, one of the greatest wrestlers ever, um, bowing out on a big stage. And we didn't put in uh, Randy Savage versus Ric Flair from WrestleMania 8, did we? Um, we put in Brett versus Piper, so um, we didn't put in. Flair and McMahon, so was that even a WrestleMania? That might have been a Rumble. Um, but we, we haven't had yep. Flair, Flair matches in, um, but you know we have to have Ric Flair at some point in a He might not be a big WrestleMania guy. He certainly, if you were talking Mount Rushmore's of WrestleMania, I don't think he'd be involved, but um, he is in the terms of the history of the wrestling business. So to have his last match as it was at the time and in a beautiful circumstance, I have to pick Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair. Okay. Um, nicely said, first of all, but you, you the, the crux of your point came in your last few sentences there, Rob. Um, we're putting together a WrestleMania mixtape about WWE's flagship event. Ric Flair 
is is far 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 from the most significant person in Wrestlemania and he's definitely not even in the top 10 or the top 15 most influential wrestlers in the WWE of all time so my point would be yes it was a historic moment in the context of wrestling as a whole but it was a mid-card match with someone who's not been hugely important to WWE um, wrestling his last don't want to diminish his achievements but we've got to be strict on our criteria here and for me that just has no no massive bearing on Wrestlemania my pick for a match does um, you talk about not having a Ric Flair match in we really haven't since the first Wrestlemania had a seriously important celebrity match in um, am I mistaken did, did, what was 11 did that was that no, we, we, um, we, 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 we voted in Sean and, uh, Sean and Diesel from that one. I thought we had, and I think that was a mistake then, and I think WrestleMania is all not just about the action in the ring, it's not just about what's gone in, in, on in WWE for the year or the time around it, it's about those celebrities, and it's about the moment where the mainstream spotlight shines on WWE just for a few minutes. And not since Mike Tyson had come into WWE and shone that spotlight had anyone done such a thing like Floyd Mayweather did in a match against the big show. Um, Money Mayweather, in his head, the greatest boxer of all time, unquestionably the biggest box office draw as a boxer of all time, came to WrestleMania, fought against the big show, put in a fantastic performance and brought with him a whole set of boxing fans that were checking out WWE for the first time and you can imagine plenty of them stayed there afterwards not that that's relevant to this argument what is relevant is that this is a severely underrepresented underrepresented part of Wrestlemania history uh, the celebrity involvement this in my opinion is the best celebrity Wrestlemania match of all time by a huge huge margin Mayweather held up his end of the bargain in a really great fun match this match absolutely has to be there to tell the full story of Wrestlemania I think it's critically important actually so you've got to put Mayweather against the Big Show into that mixtape two more impassioned please what do you say youngie and two very very good pleas and two very very good points and actually I mentioned Mayweather Big Show earlier and I completely agree with Paul in the sense of it is to get a mainstream celebrity like Mayweather or a mainstream athlete should I say and, and, and let's be honest have a very respectable match with Big Show as well and that angle leading up to it where we broke, he genuinely broke Big Show's nose was great stuff but the art of wrestling for me is what is Michaels versus Ric Flair it was just the most beautiful story told in the 20 odd minutes that it it, it was a match that had it's what I love it had drama it, it, it had hope it gave you hope Ric Flair might just do it and, and that visual I, I talked about earlier about Wrestlemania moments that close up of Shawn Michaels saying I'm sorry I love you before hitting the super kick will be a, a moment that is played over and over in years to come and if you're talking to a non-wrestling fan and say this is what it is all about it's that match for me it's a work of art so I am going to go for Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair aka Rob's choice. Quite clearly, Thank quite goodness. clearly, you're both right there. 
Like, you know, all I will say... <laughs> oh, that, that facade lasts a long time. Do you know what? That's really fitting that you picked a boxer there. Because the most the thing that annoys me the most about boxing is they try and do the WWE thing about how much they hate one another. And no sooner as the match finished, they shake hands and go, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And you go, right, clearly you worked us all for months then. And they, well, they don't even have the guts to kind of carry on, unless they've got a rematch coming. They don't have the guts to actually just carry on the I hate you thing. I uh, yeah well that's a that's a very damn good point. Look, I will, all I'll say about my my own argument there is, I went into starting that argument saying, well clearly Rob's right, clearly there is no other argument. But by the end of it, I think I'd convinced myself, and I was genuinely gutted <laughs> when you when picked picked the right choice. Well, well, I'm 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 not going to cast uh, chastise you too much for that because I think I know what's coming on WrestleMania 25. Um, so I'm going to hold back a little bit from giving you any stick on that one. And indeed, in previous WrestleManias, I've had to, you know, I tried to argue against Shawn Michaels versus John, uh, Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle last podcast, which I think is one of the greatest matches of all time. And I had to try and argue against that. I feel I know what's happening in a minute when we get to WrestleMania 25. So I'm going to hold back a little bit. Um, just quickly on 24, um, another sort of sort of indie outsy WrestleMania, I think, in terms of there's some decent bits in it. Um, you know, we, we've not really talked a lot about the Money in the Bank ladder match. We kind of take it as red uh, that they're in there and, and they're kind of fun as, um, as something different, although they've always had me being a bit uh, sort of uh, heart in mouth hoping that someone doesn't get injured. Um, sort of selected other highlights. You've got Undertaker beating Edge at the end. You've got um, Orton beating Cena and Triple H in a triple threat. Um, you know, there was the whole Chavo wins a um, battle royal, but Kane beats him in 10 seconds thing. Batista beat Umaga in a cross-brand match. Anything really sort of stick out in your mind there, Rich, in terms of making it a, a great WrestleMania? No, it's a middle-of-the-road WrestleMania, isn't it? It's, I mean, I forgot that Orton, Cena and Triple H had a triple threat for a title. Completely forgot that. And that and that's really bad, isn't it? But take, I mean, take Your Edge was brilliant. I remember that being a really, really good match. And the one where... I, that was the first one where I thought, oh, he might, he might just lose this one. I thought genuinely that that might be the one where oh the edge is coming up and he's a new new star maybe just maybe um, but Michaels and Flair was a match that was just good enough to carry the card on its back it was just superb but I, I mean I love and I loved Mayweather and Big Show as well though just again just fun a, a great fun kind of fifteen minutes and a great build up to it so yeah it, it's it's a better than average WrestleMania for me. Do you know, I, I kind of disagree a bit. I would go as far as say this is the most underrated WrestleMania of all time. Oh, wow. Like, you know, you look at that card, like, and, uh, you know, there's probably a lot of goes into it. You know, we talk about how the parties can elevate um, uh, a, a decent card into a great card when you're watching it. Well, I had a bunch of mates around to watch this one down in Brighton, and, and obviously that probably helped there. But when I rewatched it last week, it, it held up. Look, you go through the card, right, and I'll, I'll be brief. Um, you've got JBL and Finlay having a cracking fun brawl at the start of the card. You've got the crowd going absolutely bananas when CM Punk wins money in the bank. You also get the um, Matt Hardy running on MVP in the same match, which got a huge reaction too. Batista against DeMarga, yeah, again, you know, nothing really there. Decent big man brawl. Uh, the Kane stuff. We talked about Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, one of the most important, fun, great historical matches of all time. Uh, then it dips a bit. You've got the, the the women's tag team match, which is no great shakes. Orton, Cena and Triple H, which was fine, but nothing too amazing. But then you end the card with 
Mayweather Big Show. And I know I said I was arguing against myself, but regardless, that was a, such a fun use, you know, use of Big Show, use of celebrity. Really, really good match. And then a cracker, absolute cracker of a main event. If you guys haven't watched this recently, I urge you go back and watch Undertaker against Edge in that stadium. Edge was at the top of his game as a heel. Taker was in his first title match uh, in 11 years um, yeah. as a main event. As a main no, event, no. I oh, as a main event, yeah. Because yeah, as he, a main he, event, he, yeah. It's a title match here before against Batista, but okay, yeah, main event, no, yeah. As a main event, um, and the last, the, again, the last time in 11 years, I think that uh, WrestleMania had ended with Taker uh, holding that belt aloft, one knee. Mate, go guys, go and watch it again because that was one of the all-time best WrestleMania main events. Okay, that's uh, you've heard the instruction, everyone. So uh, once you finish listening to this podcast, hear us out at least before you go running away to put the network on or put it on in the background. You can you can multitask. I'm sure this is the uh, 21st century. Um, let's move on to WrestleMania 25, one incredibly close to my heart because it's the one uh, it's the only WrestleMania uh, that I've attended live. It was down in Houston, Texas. Um, and it was uh, it was quite the event. I had a whale of a time going to pretty much everything. Um, here's the thing: I went to Raw the Monday after. I went to the Hall of Fame the day before. I went to a convention that Booker T had put on. I went to a brunch, um, not a brunch. I went to a, a dinner hosted for the media on the Thursday night. Do you know what, guys? I went to the WrestleMania Reading Challenge, and I bloody did as well. It was on our itinerary that we could go to it if we wanted to. And I was the only member of the media that went to the WrestleMania reading challenge <laughs> from the British media anyway. Because I thought, ah, oh, sod it, I'm at WrestleMania, I'm going to go to everything. So we went up to about the seventh floor of the Houston Public Library uh, to watch children reading <laughs> and answering questions on a book. Um, but in a kind of cool move, um, uh, Mark Henry was there, who was a, a Houston native, I think, or at least near to Houston. Um, I don't know where Silsby is that they mentioned, but I think he was basically from uh, near Houston. Um, MVP was there, who I know has lived at least in Houston at some point. Um, and a couple of others were around. Uh, Layla was there, I remember. So there was a few other people that were sort of knocking around at the event. It was actually quite good fun um, in terms of just watching kids interact with wrestlers. I always get a kick out of that, no matter where it is, is just watching kids' faces light up. And it's easy for us to be cynical and go, oh, John Cena, he's rubbish. But watch kids' faces when they meet wrestlers. Um, Paul, you'd have seen it close up when you're doing, doing stuff for TNA. Uh, I was, I did a sort of one night only working job for TNA in, in Glasgow once, helping out with their PR side of things, and I got to introduce some uh, some kids and some um, uh, and some people to some you know some disabled families and all sorts of things to, to some wrestlers, and I think we had um, we had Bobby Roode, Bully Ray, I'm trying to remember who else there was, a couple of others who were absolutely first class. Um, Austin Aries might have been one of them as well. I'm not sure, but they were so good with these um, these people, and just it was the best day of their lives. And it was so cool to watch them interact. And I, I love that side of things about wrestling. Vince talks about putting smiles on faces. Um, I got to see a different part of WrestleMania that I would go as far as to say almost. I would say there is no one listening to this podcast that has been to the WrestleMania Reading Challenge, um, but I have, and I wouldn't swap it. I genuinely wouldn't. It was a, it was a pretty cool thing. Um, I will talk a bit more about the uh, the WrestleMania card from my perspective in a minute because I want to uh, let Paul get it off his chest about the um, what his WrestleMania pick is, and then knowing that I'm beaten, I'll um, try and talk around it a little bit. But uh, on you go, mates. Your pick first. I picked The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels because it's the greatest WrestleMania match of all time, hands down, bar none. Thank you. That's it, is it? That's that's that. Yep. You're just going to do that, are you? 
yep, yeah, I'm just going to do that. I'm going to do but that. But what about what? the fact... No, Paul, what about the fact Undertaker did a dive to the outside, right? And he didn't, like, quite land it, and he landed on his head. Botch! Um, yeah. <laughs> well, let's knock a quarter star off that, then, shall we? Idiots. Um, yes, well, clearly you're right. So let's um, let's find it. Uh, i tell you what I'll do. I will pick Chris Jericho defeating Ricky Steamboat, Roddy Piper, and Jimmy Snooker. Um... Jimmy Snooker is on our list, and so is Roddy Piper, indeed, and so is Chris Jericho. Um, Ricky Steamboat isn't, and Ricky Steamboat is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Um, I accept he is not a huge part of the WrestleMania story, but given our restrictions and we can have one match per show, we were unable to get Randy Savage versus Rick Steamboat onto the uh, WrestleMania mixtape for WrestleMania 3. Ricky Steamboat was a little bit before my time in the sense that um, his heyday was before I really started getting into wrestling. He was also a lot more of an NWA guy than he was a WWF one. Um, so, both in the WrestleMania mixtape and in indeed my watching history, he doesn't feature massively. But he is the wrestler that I have fallen in love with most for his work um, since I became a huge fan and got to go back and watch some old stuff. Um, I've never seen him have a bad match. I don't think I've ever seen him hurt anyone, put a foot wrong. Um, I've never met him sadly, never interviewed him but apparently he's a, a wonderful fella as well a lot of people speak highly of him it was the highlight of my weekend um, was watching Rick Steamboat turn back the clock um, have an amazing end of that match with Chris Jericho so much so that they put it on the next pay-per-view I don't know if it was the backlash in them days or whether it was Extreme Rules but um, they put Jericho versus Steamboat on the next pay-per-view and had another fun match but on the Monday night they did, I think, something like a seven-on-seven seven tag. Um, pretty much everyone that was in a, a, a match, I think. So and most of the guys that were in the Money in the Bank split off into heels and faces. I remember Matt and Jeff Hardy were on either side. Obviously, Jericho was on one side, but um, Steamboat was on another. And Ricky Steamboat worked some of that match in a tag. And I watched, at, live at Raw, I watched CM Punk and Jeff Hardy's face. CM Punk in particular, who obviously was... You know, huge wrestling fan growing up and understood some of the, you know, the, the better wrestlers in the business. You've only got to look at him doing his tribute to Macho Man Elbow. You know, Rick, CM Punk gets it, and they were they were fans. You know, you can argue if you want to be a prat about it that they broke character or whatever, but well, they were they were baby faces, so I don't see why they shouldn't enjoy it. But they became fans for that moment, and they watched Rick Steamboat just absolutely look mesmerising having not had a match in 10 years he looked in shape, he nailed his old arm drags and it was the coolest moment of my wrestling watching life Watching, I got to watch Rick Steamboat have two matches and I never ever thought that would happen, I never saw Steve oh, actually, I did see Steve Austin have a match because I saw a house show in Birmingham in 1996 but there was lots of great wrestlers that I never saw have a match um, and I saw Rick Steamboat have too, and I'm very proud of that, that I was there, I saw him go in the Hall of Fame as well that weekend, um, and there was also, it's the first time I ever heard the You've Still Got It chant, and I put an apostrophe V-E in there quite wrongly, because most people say you still got it, um, which is appalling grammar, um, but that's not the only reason why I dislike that chant, because it's usually hugely misused for someone that's just still quite good, and I think that should be used for a kind of a, a sting when he came back, or someone like that, to... Uh, to give them a little bit of a boost. It was entirely appropriate for Steamboat because he'd been away for so long and goodness me, it seemed like he did still have it. So I'm going to lose and I realise I've spoken for a long time about something that's you know completely doomed but I do want to point out that I love that little Legends thing with Jericho, Steamboat, um, Piper 
Flair was involved. Of course, I've not even mentioned Mickey Rourke that was part of the build-up, although they went away from having the actual match. Um, I love the hell out of that um, that legend stuff. I thought Jericho was great. I thought all the uh, the celebrity involvement on that side of things was fun with Rourke. Um, so I would be happy for this to go on a WrestleMania mixtape on pretty much any other WrestleMania. But uh, I hand it over to Youngie for the inevitable. Oh, bless you. It, you know what? That was genuinely lovely. And by the way, I'm a huge Ricky Steamboat fan. And I, I'm the same as you. I, I, I obviously didn't grow up watching Ricky Steamboat but when I kind of got it more and I, I, I remember there used to be a tape trader called Strong Style Tapes I used to get and he got a best of Ricky Steamboat tape and I thought I'll buy this and I was blown away the guy was absolutely incredible it's such he was a baby face that everybody could love he was tough enough for blokes to like him he was kind of good looking enough for women to like him he just had everything it just genuinely perfect but the big butts come in and, and the Undertaker Shawn Michaels match that one is the greatest Wrestlemania match of all time it is no it's perfect it is utterly perfect it's faultless in every single way um, the second match was good but it wasn't as good as the first and I, I, and I was a bit I was also a big fan of their Hell in the Cell match and it's still my favourite Hell in the Cell match but that the middle match, I suppose, is just amazing, and it, it's watch. I, do, I still remember watching it with my mates at the time, and, and all of us just be looking at each other and just gobsmacked at how perfect it was. And so, I know it's Paul's choice, but let's be honest, it's everyone's choice. I'm putting on the tape Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. I mean, just a complete here, here. Um... Like I said, I was at that WrestleMania, and my recollection of watching that match is I'm very much looking forward to watching these two legends have a great match. It was a great build. They had some great entrances. This is clearly going to be a classic. Let's have some fun and enjoy it. What I didn't expect was um, the match went about half an hour. At the 20-minute mark, I think, and this is not exaggeration, the kind of thing that Gorilla Monsoon may have, said, may have said, and we would have thought it was hyperbole, but practically everyone was standing. Um, people stood up and watched the match and got into it. Um, me trying to be a bit of a kind of cynical, I know better wrestling journalist, you know, trying not to get into things, completely forgot that I was there working. You know, I had to go, as soon as WrestleMania finished and everyone else went to the bar, I went straight to my laptop and had to knock out a, a report. You know, I was, I was on official business, as it were. But I was just into this match like you wouldn't believe, as was everyone else in the building. Um, I just recall... You know, Michael's hitting what I think was probably the second, maybe third uh, super kick, and it felt like everyone bought it. It was like he's actually going to win. Sean's actually going to win, and you know he didn't. And you know we all know what happened, and you know it was kind of the right finish, I suppose. But they made me think. There was no way in the world, when you think about it, Undertaker could ever lose that match, but they made me think he could. And it was just, as you said, so perfect. It's just, it's an utter art form, which I think Shawn Michaels did better than anyone else in history. I've always said that Bret Hart's my favourite ever wrestler, but I do think Shawn is the greatest. Um, I think he had the best top matches with anyone. I, I've often said, I think if you had to say, name the best five matches of every wrestler ever, Shawn Michaels would have the best top five. 
I think if you had to say name the best top 20 matches of every wrestler ever, I think it would be Bret Hart. I think he's had more good matches with more people um, over a longer period of time. But the absolute cream have been Sean's, and this is the top. This isn't just the best WrestleMania match ever. I think it's the greatest match of all time. And so there was no way I was ever going to offer anything credible against this because it is just absolutely amazing. We need to um, do a little bit more about the other things on this WrestleMania. Um, it was a WrestleMania that was... I think this one looks better on paper than it actually was. It may be the inverse of, of what you just said there, Paul. I've never been able to watch this properly without um, uh, obviously remembering being there, so it makes it a little bit different. But I wouldn't have said there is another match really that stands out as you saying it would be worth anything. Um, I, you know, I, I had my Chris Jericho argument. It was another good Money in the Bank match, and again, a slight surprise in the CM Punk won it for a second year running. But other than that... You know, you had the Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal. That was a bit of a farce with a man winning it. Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy. Pretty much every time Matt and Jeff have ever tried to wrestle, it never really comes off. Um, Mysterio beat JBL in 20 seconds to retire JBL at the time. Cena in another triple threat, this time against Edge and the Big Show, who were in the midst of a kind of strange Vicky Guerrero storyline. And then Triple H versus Orton, which had the kind of over-the-top build and then was tasked with trying to follow... You know, would be the second match to follow Undertaker and Sean. So, I don't think this is a classic mania either. I remember it very fondly, um, and I think it was. A, I really enjoyed it at the time, and I could still happily go and watch it. But I don't feel like anything is crucial to this other than Sean versus Taker, Paul. Yeah, full agreement, mate. Um, I I also share your enjoyment of the Legends match. I thought that was great, and it was Jericho at his, his entertaining best. Um, but there's, there's nothing much else on here, is there? There is um, the title match, like you say. Even if it had been great, it was an impossible position, and it wasn't great. It was far from it. It was built poorly and, and executed with fairly you know, nonchalant uh, precision, I guess. I can't really, can't really think of any better way to put it. There's no passion I can sort of muster for it. I did prefer the triple threat. I thought that was, I thought that was a really fun match. Um, again, I'm a massive Edge fan. I'm, I'm a big show fan and I'm a Cena fan, so it kind of worked for me. And it was that highlight with the double FU at the end, if I remember correctly. Well, I do. It was only a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah it was very much a bitty mania no one can claim it wasn't a satisfying mania purely based on Taker Shaw Michaels but it's not it's not troubling my top 15 we have some fun discussions coming up we're uh, into the home stretch as we just said before we have Wrestlemania's 26 to 32 still to go so I make that uh, if my mathematics is as good as it used to be seven more to do um, and we, we should have two more podcasts in between now and Wrestlemania so we should have time to do three in one four in another and conclude our Wrestlemania impossible task Paul is nearly there in terms of watching them all we are nearly there in terms of picking our full Wrestlemania mixtape list uh, Richard thank you uh, very much for being a, a very fair judge I don't think you had maybe some of the uh, um, deeper discussions between me and Paul that have fallen out once or twice on this, uh, this mixtape um, but thank you for your input, even if the last one was uh, a bit of a doddle. And uh, thank you generally for your uh, input on the podcast. I uh, hope you've had fun. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a pleasure just talking to fellow adults about wrestling. And anybody, I know we're going to plug the parties again, but if you haven't bought a ticket yet, go out, buy a ticket. It's the funniest night out you will have with your clothes on. You'll absolutely love it. Come on down and we'll, we'll have a great night.
Did you hear that, Paul? He, he called us adults. Oh, well, we, we, we biologically, I suppose we are. Yeah, I suppose so. Hey, listen, um, <laughs> Richard just said about uh, plugging the uh, the parties one more time. We will do. We'll do it nice and quickly this time. We won't do it in the full depth. But make sure you come along to our Hooked on Wrestling WrestleMania parties in eight different venues that Paul's going to re- uh, mention again in just a second. We have the famous Hooked on Wrestling quiz, the fancy dress, which we always say is not obligatory, but it is encouraged. Uh, you can win prizes for both of those things. Remember that six venues of the eight now have uh, the WWE 2K17 tournaments uh, very kindly put on by the uh, the gaming giants Game. They're going to be uh, partnering with us for that. And uh, what we don't do often enough is thank um, Shooters and Walkabout, who are both excellent partners. Um, you know, we can't just rock up in any old bar and do these things. We need some support. And uh, certainly I can speak for the, the Walkabout in Temple in, uh, in London, where we have the London show, which is where I'm based for the pay-per-views. Um, and uh, the uh, the good people at Shooters all over the country that are just fantastic um, partners with us. They've really been a friend of how all the way along. We couldn't have done it without them. So uh, thank you to all of those. Please come along. It's great fun. You'll, it's a different way of watching a pay-per-view if you've not watched it before. If you have been before, and I know loads of you listen to this um, have been, we have loads and loads of regular um, listeners to the podcast who are repeat visitors to how. Please come along again. Um, we'd love to see you. You know what fun it is. Uh, and these things are getting bigger we're adding more and more things as we go uh, to each of these parties and we will try and continue to do so um, Paul will tell you for one last time where the, t- where the, uh, the shows are how you can get tickets and indeed what is our social media so you can follow us for further updates we've got this down pat now haven't we Rob yeah we've got um, eight parties on the 2nd of April we are in London and Brighton at the walkabout bars there and we're also at Shooter Sports Bar in Cardiff, Leeds Liverpool, Manchester, Birmingham and Nottingham I'll correct you Youngie from earlier in the podcast that bar has opened, it opened on March the 18th so just now um, and it's um, it's it's rocking by all accounts it's, it's a fantastic venue in Nottingham um, everyone seems to enjoy it so we're really looking forward to having you there um, tickets available as always from ringsideworld.co.uk we are getting close now in terms of um, sellouts in both London and Manchester wow. we're a t- yeah we're a tiny little way off in some of the other venues but specifically in London and Manchester we are getting close to the line where we're going to have to put those shutters down so if you want tickets for either of those venues please 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 um, get in there now uh, that's not an idle threat people that's not a sales technique to try and get you into buying tickets um, we've had I think two of our last three in London Paul have sold out we've put the shutters down so um, th- it happens folks this is not an idle threat um, if you want to be sure of your place um, and make sure that you uh, come in and get your tickets nice and early uh, you can go to ringsideworld.co.uk and uh, did you say what's our, what our social media uh, handles are there Paul? I didn't yet, but we've got Facebook forward slash HO Wrestling, and we have Twitter at uh, HO underscore Wrestling. There we have it. That's how you can follow us. Uh, please do subscribe to this podcast if you're listening on SoundCloud or Podcast Republic or, or on iTunes, wherever you are, and you've not subscribed. Please do hit that subscribe button. Here's something we don't say very often, and we, maybe we should push it a little bit more. We'd love a review. It would uh, it would help us 
because it would be the one we did. It would stroke our ego if you said some nice things. Uh, it would also push us up some rankings, which means more people get to listen to the podcast, which means more people uh, want to come to the parties, which means we can put on more things. It's good for everybody. So uh, we would love some love if that is at all possible. Um, thank you to once again to, uh, to Richard for being a, a star guest. And uh, once again, you'll be um, doing your thing in Nottingham. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, debut in Nottingham. Um, I will play a lot of Campaigners music as well, um, just to satisfy, obviously, my natural audience. But no, it'd be great fun. And uh, yeah, get yourself down there. Why wouldn't you? It's Camp, great. 80, Camp 80s wrestling themes. There's some uh, some things to uh, to conjure with. Um, if people want to follow you on social media, can they do so? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> I, I <don't> <laughs> Uh, I, I, I am on Twitter at youngy 316 but to be honest with you it is mainly Grimsby Town Talk so if you don't want me talking if you don't want to kind of if you're not any interest in Grimsby Town whatsoever that I wouldn't bother there you go so uh, all of those all of those mariners that have listened all the way through this podcast just to find out how they can follow you about uh, all sorts of Grimsby news um, I will be there on the uh, the last game of the season up at uh, up at Blundell Park I look forward to uh Hopefully we're already promoted by then. Maybe it'll be the day we win the championship. Maybe we win League Two at Grimsby, and uh, and uh, Paul and I have already sort of tried to try to plan uh, what kind of event and celebration we can have for that. I'm sure he'll be very happy uh, for the mighty Green Army to be celebrating on that occasion. Um, are you going to make the playoffs, boys? Just a very quick one. Do you think you can sneak in there? No, no, we're done. Uh, but we, you know, it's. We, I think we'll just enjoy the rest of the season. And, and if you do come down to Blundell Park, we'll make sure you have a good night in Cleethorpes. It's good fun in Cle. It's a good night out in Cleethorpes. We'll we'll, uh, we'll have a good time. Yes. Okay. I'll. Uh, I will trust you on that one because I like you both. So um, it's uh, as dubious as a claim as it sounds. Um, thank you everyone for uh, listening to the uh, the Hooks on podcast. Like I said, we should have all being well two more podcasts before. Uh, WrestleMania, which we can conclude our WrestleMania Impossible Challenge, and where we can also conclude our rundown of the matches. Uh, so stay tuned for the Hooked On podcast. Like I say, on SoundCloud, iTunes, Podcast Republic, any good where, uh, good place where you can get the podcast and spread the word. We would love to hear from you as well if you have any feedback. Um, but for now, for uh, for Richard, for Paul Benson, and for me, Robert Nickel, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you at the parties, and just remember, it's wrestling. Enjoy it. We'll see you next time. Yeah.